Well, hello there, everybody. How's it going today? Welcome to another episode of the Audio Roast Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jared Isaacs, and you are in for a treat. So um, today we are going to go with a um, no guest needed kind of format. Uh, this is our second edition of what I call Talking Shop, uh, which just means, you know, doing a little house cleaning and uh, connecting with you guys um, right here on the live stream. So thank you for joining us. Um, We'll just jump right in. Uh, no point in waiting around. We'll just jump right in the deep end. We're not going to mess with the pre-show today, obviously. We're just, it's just you and me. So uh, yeah, we'll just go right ahead. Okay, so as always, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. We're live streaming there right now. Um, today being special with the um, um, talk and shop, I decided to go ahead and also stream from my own personal Facebook page because I want to have as many people um, on board with this conversation as we can possibly get. So do me a favor also, and uh, while you're watching, hit that share button. Um, maybe even tag some bandmates or some friends or um, your worst enemy, whatever. Just uh, let's get some people in on this uh, from here in the Springfield area uh, specifically, because we're gonna. I've got some really good questions to talk about um, concerning the local scene, um, all the all the what's going on right now um, with the uh, global bastard, if you will. Uh, so yeah, um, so we'll get into all that. So um, be sure to check out our other social media, um, Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you want to see kind of a heads up of what's coming down the pike with future shows, I post um, every future show that is going to be that's already got people scheduled and confirmed right there on Twitter. So uh, follow us there on Twitter as well as Instagram. Um, and if you're if you're not one that wants to watch, um, you know, a two hour show kind of thing, if you'd rather like put your headphones in and just give it a listen, uh, there's audio only episodes to, to catch up on and uh they're released every monday morning so um that way you can start the week out with the audio roast if you've missed us tonight so you can find those on uh, apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher and podbean um and uh, of course as always you can shoot us a email at the audio roast podcast at gmail.com with any comments or concerns um yeah scott how's it going i see you brother you're doing good um so yeah, be sure to follow us on all of those. Um, and in case you missed our big announcement last week, I actually went ahead and started up a Patron, a Patreon channel. Uh, that was Tequila Jared chiming in there. Um, so uh, yeah, I uh, went ahead and set up a Patreon channel and I've got some really cool content there um, with more stuff coming in the future. So what you see is not all that you're gonna end up with. I've done uh, music video reacts and reviews. Uh, so some of the stuff that I've, Re reacted to I haven't even seen before uh, one or two of them I've seen before but it had been a while so I kind of did more of a review like what made it great or what really made it suck um, kind of growing off of the uh, covering covers segment on the show if you will to where we kind of roast or toast people so uh, that you can find that again over on the patreon channel for the audio roast that's patreon.com backslash the audio roast podcast um, and then you know if you aren't really privy to signing up for a monthly membership and you just want like a one-time or once every once in a while kind of thing to donate um, and help the show out, um, you can do so via Cash App or PayPal um, at the Audio Roast Podcast as well. So that is that. Um, and of course, as always, at the end of each show, I post a playlist that's available for you to listen to on both Spotify and iTunes. And what that is, is um, some of the games and, and uh, segments that we do here on the show um, obviously we revolve around certain 
uh, genres or years and that kind of thing. And so I take all those and uh, create an entire playlist. So it's, like I say, it's really cool to listen to on your drive to work or if you're working out or um, if you're just chilling at home and, you know, maybe cleaning or something and you want a good playlist, that's a really good companion piece for the show. So you could check that out. Now, obviously, today we don't have games. We don't have any of that kind of stuff. There's no playlist today. However, there is a playlist up for next week already uh, when we have um, our Van Halen episode. So if you want some good... Uh, if you want some good content for Van Halen, if you're a Van Halen fan, both Sammy and Dave, there's a good playlist up already, and it'll give you a head start for what's to come next week. So, uh, let's jump here to these comments real quick. Um, Josh Poole, good afternoon, I have shared. I appreciate you very much, Josh. Thank you. Uh, Scott, you're in for a treat, my friend. Brian, how's it going, buddy? What's up with you? What's up? What's up? Um, <laughs> uh Let's see here. Scott Henry. Oh, it's a money thing. Well, it's no different, Scott, from paying a cover to come see uh, a good band, you know, like the Dirty Saints or somewhere of the sort. If you want good content, you want to be entertained. If you want to be entertained, you must pay the price. Uh, or at least, you know, donate a little something. It starts out at three bucks. It's not I'm not asking for, you know, an arm and a leg. I'm just asking for, you know, a pinky finger, maybe. So, uh, yeah, West Macintosh, what's up? Uh, gonna watch as much as I can working on my house. Good seeing you, Jared. Good to see you too, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Um, keep us on in the background. Even if you're, if you walk away, it's, it's still good audio content. So, uh, Roger George, man, how's it going? Hey, Jared, looking good, buddy. Well, thank you. Uh, good to see you. Good to see all of you guys. Uh, Sammy and Dave, Brian, both of them, uh, are on the playlist for next week. Uh, so yeah, you people. Um, all right, so that's our playlist. Now, uh, we're going to do a new segment here. We're going to do Today in Music History. I think I'm going to start featuring this on the show going forward. So, um, yeah, I uh, went ahead and put some uh, people to work in my research department, and we've got a, uh, a lot on the docket for Today in Music, today being August the 16th. So, uh, Deb Klein says, I got to make coffee. Well, when you get it, raise it up and... Give us a toast. It's so good. So good. Uh, Tom Henry. Woo. What's up, Tom Henry? Uh, Stacy Haney. How's it going? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Scott, quit with the uh, the spoilers. Okay. So, uh, today in this uh, day in music history, let's get started. Uh, in 1962, Ringo Starr replaces Pete Best as the Beatles drummer. Uh, and his first official concert with the band was two days later. Can you imagine joining the biggest band in the world and having a concert two days after you join? That's an insane thought, is it not? I think so. Uh, yeah. So um, in 1969, today was the second day of the Woodstock Festival in New York. Uh, as uh, Scott says, that was 51 years ago today. Scott, right on top of the math. Good job, buddy. Proud of you. Um, that kind of math skills, I would think you're a drummer. But you're not. And then in 1974, the Ramones made their concert debut at New York City's CBGB's. Um, very cool. I never, I'll be honest, I never really got into the Ramones, but I definitely appreciate what they brought to the table and what uh, inspiration they um, garnered in so many people in the punk genre. Um, they just had a totally different attitude and uh, I, it was very welcome. It was very much. Um, 
uh, it would go on to inspire great bands such as like um, Guns N' Roses, for example, which I'm a huge fan of. So I, I do give the Ramones their props. I just never got into their music. So that's that. Also, in 1980, Mr. Bill Ward quits Black Sabbath. That was quite a day in uh, heavy metal history. Uh, yeah, so... Um, and then in 1987, Bon Jovi released their third album, Slippery When Wet, uh, which went on to be Billboard's top-selling album of that year in 1987. Um, some of the... Um, some of the hits off that record, of course, were You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, Wanted Dead or Alive, and a little song called Never Say Goodbye. So, you know, it was a mega, mega hit. Um... <laughs> Josh Poole says, how was it? Uh, I think he's asking Scott, how was Woodstock? Of course, he had to have been there. Um, Rich and I are here uh, working in the garage, Lena says. Well... I love that you've got some good uh, audio going in the background while you work. Just make sure you whistle while you work. Um, Roger says, I just realized nine years ago today, Ilda Morte met for the first time. Well, there you go. There's another one this day in history. Uh, yeah. And Scott says, uh, Bill Ward was replaced by Bev Bevan from ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. And that is correct. Um, moving right along. In the year 2000, the band Lifehouse had a, a big single called Hanging By A Moment that was released in uh, 2000 and went on to be the Billboard Song of the Year the following year in 2001. Uh, so some notable birthdays uh, today include, let me get my mouse here, Madonna, uh, born in 1958. I think that makes her 66 years old. Um, American, American actress and singer. Uh, she was born in Bay City, Michigan. Also in uh, 1980, Vanessa Carlton, American singer and songwriter, was born in Milford, Pennsylvania. Um, if you don't know this song, just watch the movie White Chicks and you'll know exactly what song this is. Making my way downtown. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, Vanessa Carlton. Um, those are notable birthdays today. Um, on the contrary, uh, a notable passing, however, was the king of rock and roll himself, Mr. Elvis Presley. Um, yeah, he was, uh, found dead and, uh, his autopsy, uh, ruled it as cardiac arrhythmia. Uh, he died 43 years ago today in 1977. So, uh, yeah, at the age of 42, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, let's see here. Let me jump back over here to the comments. Um, Deb says the, uh, yep, the death of Elvis. Uh, and Josh Poole says now every cover band has to play Living on a Prayer. Yes, indeed. Um. I won't even comment on that because I've I've played it before. But yes, <laughs> there's uh, many uh, Bon Jovi hits that need to be played if you're in a cover band. But at the same time, that doesn't make them any any better of a song, shall we say? <laughs> so yeah. And so let's recap last week. We had uh, Mr. Tyler Weeks uh, join us on the country music from 1995 episode, along with Mr. Kelly Bowman of the Dirty Saints. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of uh, fun festivities, a lot of yeehawing, and uh, actually some really good country music. Uh, that was a a, uh, a good year that kind of doesn't really jump off the charts for a lot of people, but they had a lot of a, a lot of really good hits came from that year. Um, and a lot of artists that went on to have really, really big names kind of just getting their start maybe on their first or second album in that year. 
So uh, that was that was a really cool thing because there was a lot of uh, a lot of hidden gems, if you will. And of course, next week we have got uh, Mr. Greg Frazier and uh, from the band Fair Warning and um, Useless Idiot. There's all kinds of projects he's in, uh, and as well as Mr. Jeff Ward, also from the Dirty Saints, that's going to be joining us in our third installment of Classic Album Clash, where we take two Van Halen albums. Uh, and go track by track, 1984 versus 5150. And we'll take uh, track one versus track one, track two versus track two, on down uh, through all the uh, tracks on the albums and kind of decide uh, one by one which one is the better album, um, which one is the better track, I should say. And the one with the most uh, track wins will be determined officially the better album. So that is next week. That was going to be this week, but schedules and stuff, we pushed it back. No big deal. So that's why we have today, we're doing a little talk and shop. Um, so go ahead down in the comments. Let's hear what you guys want to talk about. Um, I posted this early in the week, so it gave people kind of a, um, a chance to think of some things that they have on their mind or things that they want to have discussed. So uh, yeah, if you've got stuff that you would like to talk about, um, put them down below in the comments and uh, we'll, we'll chat about it. We'll do it. Deb Klein says, I cannot wait to watch next week. I can't either. I cannot wait to have the discussion. Um, I've said before, we are either going to um, um, hug and, and agree, or we're going to throw fists and somebody's taking the window, or somebody's going to take the stairs, and we'll become worst enemies. Who knows? Uh, I do know that it's going to be a very split thing, um, but I'm going to try my best to instill that this is not Dave versus Sammy. This is an album versus an album. Um, it just happens to have two different singers. So I'm going to try and keep the train on the tracks, but it may be a lost cause. So we'll see. Um, uh, Deb says she loves Bon Jovi. I, you know, I love them too. I really do. Uh, it's just, man, I wish they weren't so overplayed and overdone. Um, and it's not always great when people play it either. Sometimes it's just okay. And that kind of brings it down a couple notches for me. So that's that. Uh, Denise Isaac says <laughs> anything but the coronavirus. Yeah, we won't be discussing that too much, but if conversation leads us there due to, um, you know, local shows uh, not happening as much and limited seating and that kind of stuff, then we'll talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it anything. So, um, yeah, Denise says she can't wait for next week either. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and uh, I'm waiting for you guys to jump in the comments, give me something to talk about, and um, yeah. We are actually, I'm going to go ahead, we'll take our first break give you guys a chance to uh, formulate some some thoughts and ideas, some questions for me, whatever you have. And uh, yeah, I'll be back in just one second. I have just one question. Have you thought about being a guest on the show? We are currently seeking music lovers of all kinds to join in on our fun. If you're interested in being a guest, or if you just have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can message us on Facebook or email us at the audio rose podcast at gmail.com. You can also submit any topics you'd like to hear discussed. Oh, yeah. All right, so. Let's go ahead and jump down to the comment section. Brian says, good luck with the train for the Van Halen. Yeah, um, I'm telling you, man, that's going to be a train to keep on the tracks. It is not going to be an easy job. 
So, but then again, to be honest, anytime that we do the um, Classic Album Clash uh, series or even the Tournament of Champions, it's always hard, right? Because we've always got our emotional ties or, you know, certain songs take us back to a certain point in our lives and that kind of thing. And it's really hard to... Um, to kind of separate that from the actual song or the actual album and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's it's hard to stay biased in that respect. Not even just for me, but the people that I have on the show. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's the human nature. That's us connecting with music the way that it was intended for us to. So, so that's that. Uh, Josh Poole says, Did you hear In the Air Tonight is charting number two due to React video that went viral on YouTube? I did hear that. Um, and I think that's really freaking awesome. I actually watch a lot of React videos, um, and I like watching them from different perspectives. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of like the the hip hop guys reacting to to rock and metal. Um, some of my favorites, being a singer, is um, watching vocal coaches react to things and um, give critiques about technique and um, style and that kind of stuff for singers. I think that's really cool. In fact, stay tuned because on Patreon, I think we're going to be doing a little bit of that. So, uh, yeah, I'll be bringing in a vocal coach and we'll be talking about it um, in a uh, teacher and student kind of capacity versus just a teacher or just a coach kind of thing. So because I've taken vocal lessons in the in the last you know year or two, whatever. So I think that'll be an interesting perspective that you don't see all the time um, on YouTube. So um, Richard says, what niche does Springfield need to fill? Like as what type of band is underrepresented and who wants to do a Beatles cover band with me? Well, there you go. Um, you, you need to you need to have your Ringo Starr today, Richard, because uh, today is the day that Ringo Starr joined the Beatles. So you got to keep it on track if you're gonna if you're gonna do a tribute, you got to do it right. Uh, good question. We'll get back to that in just a second. Um, about how many local bands are there in uh, Southwest Missouri? Jesus, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna guess 500. I don't know. Sounds about right. Um, I mean, you figure. I mean, I'm sure it's more than that because you figure at least 100 per town. Well, so obviously like your smaller towns like Mansfield and Ava and Seymour and, and Carthage and, and stuff like that probably aren't going to have 100, but, um, you know, they'll have a handful. And of course, what do you consider a band? Do you consider two friends that get together with um, two acoustic guitars and sit out on the front porch and just, you know, pick and grin? Is that a band? I mean, you know, so what constitutes a band? That's kind of a hard question. But um I think you'd be surprised at how many musicians there are. I can definitely say that, that that's easier to to kind of pinpoint. And there is ungodly amounts. People that you go and watch play uh, don't even represent probably, I mean, not even a third of the population that plays music and, and that are musicians. Um, like right here, Deb Klein comes to mind. Deb isn't in a band, but she posts picture, uh, videos of her singing on her uh, Facebook page all the time. And it could very easily be in a band. So... It's, it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint. Uh, Deb says, same thing that happened with Rat uh, with the Geico commercial. That's exactly right. But that commercial, I'm happy for him, but it also pisses me off. Um, and here's why. Who do you recognize in the, in the video? One, maybe two people? Yeah. Everybody else, if you look, are all like model stand-ins. They're not even people in the band. So uh, like specifically the drummer. It, so uh, I'm, I'm happy for them that it... it gains them some more success but at the same time um at what price <laughs> you know but it's hard to call a band a sellout that's you know we're they're so far beyond that like it doesn't matter what they do it's okay if they sell out like they need to do whatever they can to sustain their name and i'm fine with that um 
uh, blues, blues brother style, uh, with a good horn section. Okay. So there used to be a really good band, um, Brian, and I think that they only played like once a year, maybe twice a year. Um, and that was, uh, JM buttermilk. And, uh, it was like the JM buttermilk review or something like that. And they play at uh, the ballroom and, uh, it's got a lot of local favorites. It's kind of a super group, if you will. And, uh, they do like, uh, James Brown. I mean, they have like not just a horn section, but a backup um, a trio of backup singers and stuff. It's it's a full production, and it is absolutely kick ass. So yeah, um, Scott Henry, rest in Pete, rest in peace, Pete Way, uh, UFO and uh, Wasted, Ozzy Osbourne and Fastaway. That's correct. Um, we lost Pete this week, and that was a uh, a sad loss because um, yeah, he contributed a lot in a uh, in a lot of bands that never gave him credit or he just from fans maybe never got the credit i don't know the proper way to say that but he's always under everybody's radar for some reason correct next <laughs> um want a right-handed bass player richard um well i think scott aren't you already in a uh another project uh what's some right-handed bass coming up i think putting you on the spot um ashley d how is it going my sweet um, I remember all the rap rock shows that happened years ago in the downtown Springfield area. Some of the best times and best music diversity. Absolutely. Yes. Um, man, it was a hopping scene. It was like the metal scene and stuff took a dive at, in the like early nineties. And then like, um, I'm sorry, in the, in the mid to late nineties, I guess. And the, in the early nineties, it was still banging. It was still happening. But, um, but yeah, later on, um, you know, in the in the early and mid two thousands, it was a, a, another big boom uh, for like the rap rock shows and stuff like that. Um, I can remember um, Steven's band and my band playing shows together like nonstop, and it was it was a great time. Um, <laughs> Scott Henry says, for your uh, rat issues, call Priority Pest Control. Yeah, you know, we might talk about that next week whenever uh, Mr. Jeff Ward uh, joins us for the Van Halen episode co-owner of priority pest control right here in springfield missouri there you go you're welcome jeff uh your uh uh bill is in the mail um uh, deb klein i was in my first band with greg frazier in high school i was the bass player and we all sang what was the name of the band deb um that is fantastic and also why are you no longer in a band why do you have that talent and like man you need to be in a band deb i love you and i love watching you sing um by yourself at home but my goodness get back out there girl i challenge you to do so you've got a lot of a lot of um local artists that would be happy to to be in a band with you um how can we get non-musicians back in the clubs that is another fantastic question and um i'm gonna write that one down so that i can remember because my memory is zilch so in my usual uh what josh likes to call my unabomber style i will start taking my notes uh, which I do already have some of. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, see, um, where did it go? I have a whole list of notes that I didn't even get to. I skipped over. Um, so Josh says, uh, how can we get non-musicians back into the clubs? First of all, I'm assuming you're talking about once we're actually to get able to get um, capacities back up a little bit and... Um, uh, kind of back into somewhat of a norm, if you will. Um, but that's a good question. Um, and I, th my my initial answer for that is going to be that um, I think a lot of that has to do with quality. 
and um, quantity, but not in the sense that you would think of quantity. Um, quantity in not overplaying and not oversaturating your own brand. I think that's very important, and I think it's it, it's kind of insane to me um, how many bands don't understand that concept. That um, Um, how many bands don't understand the concept that you can absolutely outplay and outstay your welcome by, by doing too much. Um, and it's, it's not, it's not a good look. It's just not. So, um, let me see if I can adjust this a little bit. Nope, not that way. There we go. Good enough. Um, yeah, so, um, I think a lot of it too is, um, here, here's something that I've thought for a long time, you know, and. As you guys know, this is a kind of a project of mine to try and, and unify. We have different circles in Springfield with our live music scene, right? We've got the downtown, original, the, the metal and that kind of stuff. We've got the up north, um, you know, commercial street kind of thing with the, the indie and the uh, singer-songwriter kind of thing. And then we've got, you know, midtown and, and uh, south of town, that kind of thing with the cover bands and that kind of stuff. And I know they, you know, they cross a little bit here and there. But overall, it seems so, like, like divided like i can literally say this person belongs with this group this person belongs with this scene that kind of thing and it's very few of us mix and i don't know why that is um i don't know if it's a lack of awareness of one another or if it's um i mean i'll be honest if it's elitism is it you know oh those guys in the cover bands like i'm a, i'm better than that or i'm above that or vice versa you know cover bands that oh we get you know Two or three hundred people in here, or five hundred or a thousand people in here, and your original band only brings six people. So why are we not helping each other out? Why are we not piggybacking off off of each other and helping each other grow? And I think that speaks to a lot of what Josh is asking too. Um, when people see that, that's when people get invested um, and want to come out and see more music. People that aren't even musicians, right? It's no different from um, watching I don't know I don't know um, Survivor or The Bachelor or whatever um, whatever crap tv there is anymore i don't even watch tv anymore um but it's the same thing you get invested in the person um not not just the concept so not just the genre or not just the the um scene or the side of town it's the people it's the reason i do this that's the reason that uh dan and tara have a podcast of their own and, and interview um local people and whatnot it's to get you to invest in the people that are making the music um and i think that that carries a lot of weight um, in, in getting people to come and see your shows. I really do. Um, and I, I'm open to hearing, um, other, um, other philosophies or thoughts on that, if you will. Um, but that's, that's something I've always thought. Uh, the other thing too, as, as a lot of you might know, I'm a huge fan of wrestling. Okay. I'm a nerd it is what it is. And I'm fine with it. Um, so it, it, whether it's in wrestling or if it's, you know, whatever your daily job is, you don't just go there and show up and you're expected to know everything, all the ins and outs of your job, right? You get trained uh, by the people that are there before you and that have seniority over you. And um, they, they have a trickle down of knowledge and information that happens. And there's not always that um, in the Springfield and or probably in any local music scene, to be honest. Um, it's kind of a um, you're thrown to the wolves survival of the fittest kind of thing and um there's not a lot of um helping each other up or or stopping where you are to like help somebody on the, that's new and up and coming um like that's also uh red light runner and damsel that's also why um we um 
talk about them on the show is that's why I talk about them on my show is to get them um, some exposure and some notoriety. And I'm trying to do my part to um, to to reach up and help them out. Uh, I've got a delivery. One second. And this is an important delivery, too. Of course, it wouldn't be the Adios podcast without a fresh pot of coffee. Am I right? Um, yeah, and I do drink um, more than a, a pot of coffee during an episode. I've got one cup here, and I've got four cups in the pot. So we're just getting started, baby. Um, I am. Let's see here. I'm going to jump back into these comments before uh, some of your guys' stuff gets buried. Um, you guys are bringing up some really, really good points. So uh, I appreciate that. Um. Uh, Deb says, fast way, kick butt. Yes, I did. Uh, my old band, uh, Sunset Strip and Rat Poison, used to do uh, Say What You Will. Um, and, you know, it's going to be topical soon, but uh, the movie Trick or Treat, what a fantastic movie and what a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, lots of fast way. So, uh, yeah. Joe Bagley, early 90s metal scene was at its peak. Uh, that's what I hear, Joel. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't in the area for that, but... Uh, the the all around consensus is that's exactly right, and it wasn't like any small thing. My uh, my drummer in my uh, metal cover band, uh, Brian Stokes, who was a drummer for us in uh, Sunset Strip, we all uh, had a conversation at our last band practice last week about this. And uh, of course, he and um, my guitar player Richard Breitner were in Forever Shadows at kind of in this time. And they were talking about how how big and how over the scene was. Um, you know, you go to see a metal show now, and if on a good day, you'll have maybe 100, 200 people there. Um, on a bad day, you'll have, you know, the other band that you're playing with. So six people. Um, and it didn't used to be that way. It would be like three to 400 people every show. Um, you know, you had your public assassins and, and uh, so many, so many big, big bands that were uh, from the area and, um, and, and heavy metal. And now it's like, uh, and we'll get into that. I've got, I've got some questions prepared to um, but that's not, you know, that's not the case anymore. I don't know why, but there's still uh, a lot of musicians that want to play that. So um, I, you would think that there would be a lot of demand for that still. Um, Deb Klein says, Legacy, uh, I'm assuming was the name of the band, um, with my brother, um, which of course is Bill Klein from um, Love Bomb, and uh, Terry Lawson and Scott Snow. And they were all kids. So uh, yeah. So Deb, have you played with anybody since? And if if not, why not? Kim says, in my opinion, it's hard to follow who is playing where, what kind of music, etc. The advertising isn't there. I do agree. Um, now, here's the thing, too, um, and let's keep this in mind. Advertising in, in 2020 is changing a lot. Um, you know, you've got the news leader, and they still have their section of um, uh, what's happening um, in, in the nightlife and that kind of stuff. Um, that You've got uh, Springfield After Hours. Um, it's a, an easy follow on Facebook that's always... Um, um, promoting upcoming shows and events and bands and that kind of stuff. You've got uh, people like my friend Brenda, uh, Brenda Fulbright, who uh, from Raven, Raven Angel Photography, uh, who also has uh, 417 Entertainment, another easy follow on Facebook, and for free, just goes out of her way. Um, she And I don't know if she still does. I don't want to pressure her into to doing this if that's not the case. But for a long time, for like over a year or two, for, for no charge, no fee, no nothing, would just you know reach out to everybody and and, and every venue and all this and, and list here's what bands playing where uh, here's you know kind of a, a synopsis of the band 
that kind of stuff. And so I think it's important to know where to look. Um, obviously, radio and TV are the biggest advertisers, but your local musicians and stuff can't afford that. Um, and so unless they're asked to be on, you know, like um, Ozarks Live at 4, um, I think is what it's called. Um, Death Made I was on there, but that was before they actually had people playing music on there, so you couldn't even hear us. Um, it's neither here nor there. There's there's still ways to to find that stuff out. It's just very hard. Many people don't even get the newspaper anymore. Um, they'll subscribe to uh, the newsletter online or whatever, but I don't know even that. Uh, um, even the people that do, I don't think they even actually read the paper. They're just able to click on links and stuff that you find on Facebook. So I do I do think it's harder, and I do think it's unfair that it's harder to have to look, but it is the way that it is. My suggestion would be to um, like the venues that bands play at, and usually most times venues are, are really good about helping promote shows most of the time. Um, Josh Poole says, does Priority Pest Control handle raccoons? I got raccoons in my attic. Um... Well, I don't know if they uh, do raccoons, but they definitely do toys. Toys are in the attic. The same. Jason Lachlan says, I personally think that Napster karaoke DJs are what definitely killed music in at least central Illinois. Correct and wrong. Uh, you're correct that it killed um, um, a um, kind of the structure of the music industry as far as record labels and record deals and that kind of stuff um let's see here i'm gonna i'm gonna reread this i personally think that napster and okay karaoke dj and djs are what definitely killed music um i, I don't know about djs and i'm not necessarily sure about karaoke but napster for sure um killed a lot of of music uh and even live music um uh, all over the united states all over the world right it's 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 one thing to go and, you know, to, to like a song that comes on the radio, let's say. And, man, I want to hear that song, and but I don't want to sit there and wait. Uh, you know, it used to be you had to wait until you got lucky and heard the song on the radio before you heard it again, if you didn't already own the album. So another option was, oh, I know that this band uh, play, here locally plays it live, so I'll go and watch them. So I do, I do, I will give you credit there that I do think that that might have had a hand in uh, also um, notching out some uh, people that support local music. That's That's a good point. Scott Henry says, we are the world. Yep, that we are. Um, Josh says, the last couple gigs I went to were at least 80% musicians. I agree. Um, and especially, uh, Josh, during all the um, all this uh, COVID and, and pandemic and uh, social distancing and blah, 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 crap. I agree. Uh, the people supporting music right now are musicians. Um, and I don't know why that is. I know that we're all in this together as far as musicians. So I, I get that. And I think that is a, a fantastic thing for musicians to be supporting other musicians. I think that should always be the case. I think there should always be a big majority of people that are at your shows uh, that are musicians. However, I think that it shouldn't be a majority of the people that are there that are musicians. Um, it should be a lot of people that don't even play that just really dig your music and um, want, even if they just want to support uh, local art, um, local musicians, that kind of thing. Um, if they don't play, that's that's really who should be a majority of a crowd. Another another big point to be made um, is youth. A lot of who are we playing to matters, in my opinion. You know, you think about the bands that have been successful. You think about the Beatles. We were talking about the Beatles earlier. You talk about, uh, we were talking about the Ramones. 
Um, man, I'm trying to think. Backstreet Boys. It doesn't matter. Like all these people, who do they cater to? They cater to youth, the people that are young, uh, the people that are like, hey, mom and dad, I want to go and see this show. Buy me tickets. And then when they get there, oh, I want this T-shirt. Buy me a T-shirt. Oh, buy me this album. Buy me this poster. Um, that's always, always what the music industry has been uh, marketed and targeted for and to um, is, is youngsters. Um, people with angst, people with feelings that they want to get out, and this is their their avenue. Not, um, not so much, to a certain extent, but not so much people that um, are wanting to hear music of their childhood or, or relive some nostalgia and that kind of stuff. That's why you have so many people that are local musicians supporting each other. It's music they they enjoy, and maybe their band doesn't get to play, or um, music they would like to play, but they're not in the right band to do so. That kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with what are we playing that young people like? That's really few and far between. And I don't think we challenge ourselves enough to do that. Um, we're kind of in a safety zone right now, I feel like, with uh, local music. Um, we play what we grew up listening to and stuff, not what... Um, and I'm talking originals and and covers. Like, how many bands are out there covering um, Lizzo or, or Katy Perry or Taylor Swift or, you know, insert name here? Somebody within the last 10 years very few most people are 70s 80s and 90s um maybe maybe some 2000s um but even that hello that's 20 years ago already <laughs> so um i think that's a big part of it too right um is is uh the youth uh people you know here's kim is forever um wanting to have shows that she can bring her son to uh who's uh what 16 now 17 15 whatever it's you know like can he get into places where you have to be 21? Because no, he can't. But he he's an aspiring musician. He's learning to play piano and stuff. And, um, you know, he should be able to have the same exposure and, and um, influence as as fellow musicians do. Um, I, I'm not here to toot my horn whatsoever, but my my band Sunset Strip, we did a in-store show at Springfield Music a couple of years ago. And Kim was able to bring her son because it was an all-ages thing. That inspired her son to to pick up a keyboard because that's what I played in the band and and to learn how to play. And, you know, that's another that's I mean, man, that's we could snowball this into so many different conversations. But that's the thing, too. Like, not only are we not playing to younger people, we're not inspiring a lot of younger people. Look around at your fellow musicians. How old are they? When's the last time you played a show where the musician was like, man, I hope the bar lets me in. You know, I'm only 15. But man, I'm a great musician, and we don't have that anymore. That's something you hear stories about. So um, yeah, I think I think overall, like we um, we need to do our part to to bring more youth into the into the scene. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean like you got to go scout them? No, that means that whenever something happens and you see somebody, you know, like right off the top of my head, I'm thinking the verbing nouns. Um, Dan Fritz from Machine Gun Symphonies, uh, formerly of uh, his son uh, had a band. Elvis, um, called the verbing nouns. Where was all the support for that? Where was everybody saying, hey, come play with us, come open with us? It, it didn't happen. Now, you could say, well, of course, he was, you know, his dad was a machine gun symphony at the time. So, of course, that was a hand in hand thing. Cool. But still, where was everybody reaching out for what? Here, I want you on my show. You know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's a business, right? To be in a band, you have marketing, you have promotion. You have so many things that go in line with any other business. And I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily fire on all cylinders with that. Or they are really strong on one aspect of it, but not another. 
it's very hard and very seldom to find somebody that is a promoter that is a great marketer in 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 the corporate industry those are two different people with two different positions so it's hard to find that combination right that's why you have um i'll be honest that's why you have bands like um the dirty saints or members only or machine gun that do really well with that because they do have somebody that's really good at marketing and or somebody else whether it's themselves that's really good at promoting or somebody else in the band that's really good at promoting like they have more cogs in the wheel um of success in their band they don't just get up on stage and play and expect oh people will like us and they'll follow there's so much more work that goes into being a successful band um than, than just showing up and playing and i think that that's something that people brush over and, and don't take into account um I saw something else on Facebook this week, and I know with the bands that I work with, this is a, a big thing, and it's also um, kind of been a thing for me in the past. Um, obviously, with Death May Die, it's a huge thing. It's it's like my biggest thing. Um, but look at the part. You don't. Sh I mean, look at what I'm wearing. I'm wearing. I'm wearing a t-shirt and camo shorts. How many bands did you see last weekend that looked just like what I look right now? A lot of them, right? Bad deal, bad deal. You got to dress apart. You got to, you've got to, you've got to separate yourself from the crowd. Again, I said I was a big wrestling fan, right? Uh, if you know who Ric Flair is, he was like the most well-dressed person in wrestling that there ever was. Um, his his great advice was, um, if you if you want the attention, if you want to stand out from the crowd, don't look like you belong in the crowd. It's that simple. It's that simple. Dress for the part you want. Just like if you're at a job. If uh, if you're at work and you're you want that uh, position in management, but you're showing up in jeans and a t-shirt, guess what? It shows that you don't really care enough um, to to want to do better. So you got to dress for the part. Now that doesn't mean you know a three-piece suit and a tie or you know a, a cocktail dress. That just means you know maybe some slacks and and a button-up. You know it doesn't have to be crazy. So uh, it, there's so many so many um, again what I call cogs in the wheel to success for local bands and some of some of the local bands as great as they are they're missing a cog or two um or they're not aware enough to say hey we're missing this so um we're going to reach out to somebody that can help us out again uh, i think of red light runner obviously deb shelton um is is helping manage them and and maybe that's a part of why uh, she's very good at a lot of that so and there's a lot of people that are. Um, Deb Klein also um, is a fantastic person to to share and promote local bands and stuff. Um, and and kudos to her. I, I I say it all the time, but I feel like I can't say it enough. Um, so yeah. Um, again, I'm getting buried in the comments, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and and uh, stay on track and and keep in touch with you guys here. So um, Deb says, I don't get all that. I've seen some kick-ass original bands. Um, I wish, yeah, I'm sorry. I should have been trying to stay closer on the um, on the comments with this. Um, there are some original kick-ass bands, 100%. Um, what did I say that you don't get, um, Deb? Um, and I'll, I'll, when you when you reply, I'll, I'll respond immediately. Um, so yeah. Um, Stacey Haney says, bingo, give that man a cigar or a cup of joe. There you go. Um, Joe said, Joel, I'm sorry, says all the heavy bands used to play together. And correct. That is very true. Um, I, I mean, even my band, um, Death May Die, played with uh, Public Assassin. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, but I believe that was their big uh, reunion show, perhaps. Um, that was like in the 2010, 15 something era. 
whatever that was. Um, so yeah, um, Scott Henry says, so I hear Spotify is no longer paying for songs with no vocals on them. I didn't know that. That's uh, news to me. Um, I'll have to look into that, Scott. That's good to know. Um, Deb says, I think with cover bands, you know what you're... I think with cover bands, you know what you're getting, and original bands is a crapshoot. You don't know uh, what you're getting, 100%. And um, so there's a balance there too, right? Um, so this is a touchy one because I don't... There's no right or wrong answer, and whatever a person feels is right or wrong is right or wrong for them. So I'm not saying what I'm about to say to shit on them or to... Um, you know, downplay whatever their their thought process or tactic or whatever but here's this i understand that being in a band is costly and i understand that being in a recording studio is very costly but here's the deal you can't just exactly like what deb is saying you can't go and record and and front the cost yourself and then make a cd and expect to sell it and reimburse yourself i feel that that's a, a bad tactic um if you want to go to a recording studio, front the fee, stop, consider it a loss, make CDs, consider that a loss, and then if you want to sell them for a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, give them away, whatever, that's how you get your name out there. And nobody, I mean, postering used to be a thing where you would literally like go up and take your poster and onto a onto a, a street pole or whatever, uh, tape it to a building or staple it to your best friend's ass i don't know um and that's that's not even a thing anymore anymore a flyer that's what a flyer is it's just a virtual something you put on facebook or or something and and share it and that's that's all it is and you can't expect people to know what you sound like based on a picture period you can't um so my point to that is um if you are um in a band and you're wondering why you don't have shows man give it away give it away it's not worth the battle of trying to to sell your album and make several hundred dollars off of a local musician when exact i mean hello people like deb klein who know so many bands um and share so many bands and help with so many bands when she still doesn't know what your band sounds like that's a bad deal so i don't care if it's in a in a physical cd that you hand to somebody I don't care if you've got, you know, these kind of things and you're just passing them out. Here you go. Here you go. Um, and, and use it. You know, my band used to do that. And we'd say, use it as a coaster or throw it in your CD player. Just take it either way. We're happy. Um, meaning it's up to you. We've done as much as we can. We've like the horse is right there getting ready to drink the water. It's up to you. But people don't even do that anymore. Um, post, post your live um, stuff on, on YouTube or Facebook. Don't rely on other people. I know it's, I know you think, um, I've done this. It's it's easy to think. Um, let me move this comment off here. Um, you know, you'll you'll be performing and you'll see somebody recording you, and you're like, oh, okay, so it's probably like they're probably live on Facebook. So that means that people will get to see my band. You don't know if they've got two people watching or two hundred people, or or if they're you know taking a selfie. You don't know these things. And by the way, when you're out there recording, do it this way. Don't do it this way. Sideways, not long ways. I digress. My point is, 
get it out there. Get what you're doing out there. And I'm not talking a poster, you know, a, a digital poster like this kind of thing. That doesn't do squat. If 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 I was in a band and this was my band poster, like that would that would suffice to, you know, put on Facebook or make an event, but that's not the sole thing that that gets people to shows and I feel like so many people rely on that. Um so yeah, you got you got to get it out there, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, but you have to be the one to do it. You can't rely on uh, you know, the dev clients that go out and watch all the bands and stuff. You can't expect her to give your band exposure. You have to do the work yourself. You have to put in the legwork yourself. Um, Chris Schneider says, I keep hearing about how bands been canceled due to COVID. We've played every weekend besides two this year and are booked every Saturday until November. I think that's fantastic. I do. I do. Uh, I'm, now, I'm not going to say that I know anything about um, bands being canceled, but I know that bands have canceled. Um, and that's just due to their own um, uh, standpoint or uh, point of view on the subject, on the matter, um, that they feel safer just waiting. And, hey, that's fine, right? Because that just leaves more opportunity for others that, that are wanting to play. And, it's again, there's no right or wrong. Whatever you feel is right or whatever you feel is wrong, you're entitled to. So, and I think more people need to think that way. Um, Ashley D says, uh, agreed. I think that the music scene and the art scene in Springfield is really competitive and divided, like you said. I wish more artists in the area would support each other. I do too. Um, I enjoy walk, uh, like art walk and stuff. Obviously, we haven't had that because of all this. But um, besides art walk, where else is there to get exposure to local artists and stuff? Again, it's whenever I see stuff on Facebook, you know, somebody sharing somebody else's artwork and stuff. But it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's so much. I feel like there's still so much more that can be done and people just expect things anymore um, that, you know, the build it and they will come philosophy. And it's not always the case, and especially not in trying to promote anything uh, that you're doing. Kim Gromery says younger people don't socialize in person either. Smartphones are killing local music, maybe uh, that could be. Um, but at the same time, I'm not convinced of that yet. Um, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen and that it won't eventually uh, but I think still people long for um, that human connection. It's cool, you know, like what you're doing to me right now, watching me and and we're connecting. Listen, this whole this whole show, the Audio Rose podcast, started because um, it's something. First of all, I've wanted to do for a long time. But the reason I actually said, okay, here today's the day. We're starting this now. Um, was I just went live on my own personal Facebook page one time, and it was just because I was freaking bored out of my mind with all this. Uh, COVID stuff and whatnot. This is like in in late March, early April, and I was like, man, I just miss that that human connection and and seeing my friends and my family and stuff. And I just want to reach out, and so that's why I did this show. And um, my point is, it, it definitely scratches an itch, but uh, there's still an itch to be scratched with needing to you know to sit down and and have dinner with somebody or um, watch a band together or go see a movie together, you know that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I do think that, yes, even though smartphones and stuff play a big, big uh, part of society and socialization and stuff, I still think that people as humans uh, still need that human connection with one another. So I, I don't think that we're there yet. I could I, I do see that it could happen. Um, but that's why I'm saying, like, we got to right now, we got to act and, and do our part. We can't just expect people to just, oh, they're going to know about us. And, you know, like my band, Death May Die, I don't expect people to know about us. And we've been around for hell 12 years i've been with them for 10 i don't expect people to know any of that that's why that's why you hear me say it because it's me trying to tell you know maybe if i reach one person okay well at least one person now knows it didn't know 
you know and that's what i'm saying like nobody's putting the uh the, the work in on on the business side they just get up and play springfield has always had good bands lots of great musicians around here joel i strongly agree um and there's there's people too that have been um musicians for a long time and kind of um i don't want to say dropped off but maybe don't have projects or anything right now um and they're kind of being forgotten about um that's why i'm challenging deb that's why you know joel i know you do a lot of work with uh scott and whatnot um scott snow from naked zoo um and you know and you and the public assassin boys like where's your band why 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 do you choose not to play anymore um is it is it all this is it the you don't want to mess with the marketing and the and all the bullshit. you just want to jam and play and if that's the case totally cool not even just to you i don't mean to i'm not trying to call you out i'm just saying in general anybody um if that's part of the thing then i actually respect that um that you're like no nah, i ain't about the business part i just want to jam i just want to have fun like cool um do your thing but to, to the people that want their bands to be successful and to grow You've got to do more than just show up and play. Um, Cindy Lucas says, venue Facebook pages and band pages are my go-to options for finding events. There you go. Yep, exactly. And that's kind of the same thing that I said as well. Um, Brian says, I have local bands posters hanging on the wall, but I'm a fan, not a musician. Nothing wrong with being a fan only. In fact, you guys are some of my absolute favorite people um, because you're... Um, your appreciation for music is a lot stronger in some ways than even musicians have. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that, and I, I very much so thank you. Um, and he says, okay, Jared, I hear you. Landscape, not portrait. Hey, I'm saying, here's the deal. I didn't I didn't give two hoots one way or another right before I started doing the show. And I would hear other people um, complain about the same thing. And I'm like, what difference does it make? Um, and then when I started doing the show, of course, you know, look at look at what you're looking at right now. It's sideways it's not long ways um so if if you're going to be on my show and and that kind of thing and you want me to show a video of your band it helps to to have it sideways so again i digress <laughs> uh let's see here jody marshall um don't know or have never heard of you but i agree with what you're saying man thank you jody i appreciate the support and i appreciate you uh tuning in and checking us out uh go over to the yada Rose podcast uh facebook page and and like it and follow it uh we do this every sunday at five it's always a little something different, but um, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I said, I think it was to Josh Poole. Um, I, this is our second episode of Talk and Shop, and I kind of like this. So I'll just be totally transparent about this. Um, there's times where I do shows and I feel the shows go really well. And there's times where I do the show and I feel like it was good, but man, there was just, I feel like I had more to offer. I feel like there was still something more to give. And, you know, I took this week and kind of reflected on that. And I think a lot of it is this. It's the connecting with you guys. Like, sometimes I'm really busy, you know, being the host and doing the games and this and that. And it's fantastic. And I love what it's doing with the community. People are talking. People are connecting and that. And that's the whole point of the whole show, right? Um, but this is the reason that I started the show. And so I think I'm going to try, like, every six weeks, six to eight weeks uh, to do this, to do a talk and shop episode where it's just me and you. No guests, no nothing whatever is on your mind if you want to talk about the the price of bananas we'll talk about bananas i don't care it's cool um richard johnson says i want to see you perform as king diamond again stay tuned uh all right scott henry just saying um in fact uh ooh, i don't know if i have it let me see here I'll, I'll give you a sneak preview here of something give me one second to pull this up 
Who all's drinking out there? Anybody else drinking coffee? Or what are you drinking? Put it in the comments. It's a Sunday. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? So maybe you're having a little adult beverage. There is what's um, to be expected. That's what's coming up. Speaking of King Diamond, we're going to be doing a King Diamond episode. Uh, I was not going to say anything because it's so far away, but you heard it here first. Uh, the Audio Rose Podcast, special guest Richard Brandner and Scott Henry. Hmm. Now, why would I have put those two together? Hmm. If you know, you know. September 6th, right here on Facebook and YouTube. Okay, but that's that. Uh, okay, so let me close out of that, if I can. Come on, computer, don't fail me now. There we go. Okay, so now I can see I, uh, all your comments again. Um, Kanita says, there's many different ways to advertise and promote. You're exactly right, Kanita. Um, and I know you do a lot of promotion with the gypsies and stuff. So um, bes besides Facebook and besides YouTube, um, how else can people promote? What are some ideas that you have or what are some things that you do do that you do do? Jill says, yeah, for sure, man. I'm putting uh, out underground music and jamming with lots of different people. But if you're trying to make it, you're right. You have to work hard. Exactly right. And I know if anybody knows that, Joel, you do as as much as you were hanging around with uh, Public Assassin and Naked Zoo guys and all that. Like, you, you know, successful bands and you know the work that goes into it. So, yeah. Uh, wine, Mountain Dew. Coffee, uh, beam and black cherry Zevia. I don't even know what that is. Uh, oh yeah, I do. Never mind. It's that that stuff. <laughs> uh, Terry's. I'm drinking coffee today, not Crown yet. Uh, good man. <laughs> You're probably still recovering from that night. Good grief. Uh, Gatorade Zero. Brian says, Lavaza coffee. I've never heard of that. What is that? Interesting. Uh, Deb's got her coffee and she uh, bought myself a French press. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, I have one and I've yet to use it. Uh, I'm kind of scared. I don't like like really bitter coffee. I'm not opposed to strong coffee, but the bitter kills me. Um, as I drink coffee, I have sugar that sits right here so I can add to it because I just can't do it. Um, okay. Uh, Jody Marshall says, I have a question. How do I get my video to more people? Um, on social media uh, and then gives us a link well I'm not sure what your video is but of course with Facebook and it didn't used to be this way and I know and I agree that it's totally shitty and whatever um, how does a why does a, a multi-billion dollar company need to make more money but you pay for it you promote it you have to boost it um, and it's it's a it's a absolute shot in the dark and I again I think the whole concept is bullshit it used to be that when you shared something, it just went out to the masses um, and just the, the algorithms inside of Facebook um, put it in front of the right eyes to a certain extent. Um, and now you have to pay for that. And they call it boosting. So you have to boost your post. You have to make a post and boost it. Um, the other thing is um, some advice uh, that I don't even take myself necessarily on the show. Look at some of my... Um, my titles of my episodes and stuff. They're not like clickbaity, but they, they give a quick description of here's what it is. Here's what it's about. Here's when it is in and out done deal. Um, I think including some of that in your video, I, I unfortunately with what I'm, you know, on the live stream right now, I can't, uh, 
can't click on the link and see what it is. So I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming it's um, music maybe of some sort, maybe that you've done. Um, but yeah, feel free. I mean, so post it to um, yourself. But the, the big thing is networking, right? Um, knowing people that will help you get your name out there. I've, I've said it already on the show. Deb Klein, fantastic at sharing your stuff. Um, it's, it's about networking and finding the people that are like that. Cindy Lucas, another one. Um, there, there's, and I, I shouldn't have even started cause I know there's several of you guys right here in the comments that, that do this and even other musicians that do it for other musicians. Um, so it's a matter of just getting your name out there, um, to anybody and everybody. Um, and you know, uh, another good resource is getting in on Facebook groups, uh, uh, musicians groups and, um, um, musical instruments for sale kind of groups and that kind of stuff. Like just make your name known, um, you know, and that's the thing too. It goes right again, right in line with what I've been doing on the show is trying to get you to invest in the people that bring the music and the art to you. Um, and you'll see, I've got other episodes that are coming up in the future that aren't even about um, the musicians in the local music scene. Um, again, I'll go ahead and spill the beans on this. There's going to be a photographer episode where we focus on people that do live photography for local bands. Um, and we'll be giving them their props and talking to them about uh, what are their great um, stories, what are their challenges, um, all, all kinds of stuff. But um, uh, I, I forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, um, it's, it's honestly, it's just about networking. You've got, oh, you got to make a name for yourself. You've got to, um, as much as I'm trying to get people to connect um, with different circles and whatnot, it's about getting your name to have some notoriety, if you will. I know that sounds kind of like um, egotistical, if you will, or whatever, but it, it's, it just is what it is. Um, if I say um, if I say the name Scott Henry or if I say the name Josh Poole, people are going to be like, great bass player, really cool. If I say the name, um, um, I don't know, um, Jacob Schwizzlestick, you ain't going to know who that is, but he plays a mean bass. Nobody knows about it. Why? How many shows does he come out and see? How many how many musicians does he support? How many uh, Facebook pages and groups does he like? That kind of thing. So that's what I mean. It's not it's not like a oh I got to be hoity toity and that kind of thing. It's again it's just networking, man. It's you got to get your name out there. You gotta you gotta make people invest in you, not just your product. In fact, more so you than your product, in my opinion. Um. So yeah. Um. John says it's a beam and cranberry day. I can appreciate that. Um, and you guys are killing it in the comment section. I freaking love this. Um, Kanita says it's a secret. If I told you, fair enough. I fair enough. And that's the thing too. Um, if you're able to figure out an advantage, that's cool. But do keep in mind, um, man, I, I just. I'm I'm a big stickler for this. I'm all for uh, you know an occasional advantage, um, that kind of thing. I think that's hey, it's fair game. But man, we've got to do our part to help other people too, right? Uh, again, especially the the up and comers. So I'll I'll challenge you to this, Kanita. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that you play with, that I play with, or whatever. But the next time you see a new band or uh, people that maybe has members that just moved to Springfield or something, tell them and don't tell anybody that you told them. Just, you know, challenge yourself that way. Kenny says, Richard Breitner, I've actually thought about that acoustically, uh, referring to a um, Beatles tribute, I assume. 
Very good. Brian says he's drinking Italian coffee. I myself have been on a Colombian coffee kick. So, uh, yeah, it's, I like it because it's bright. It's not really bitter. Um, it says on the, on the package, it's also fruity. Just saying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Denise, my sister says, I miss my brother. I need to come see you. I believe this has been the longest I've gone. I agree. Uh, FaceTime and messenger videos are not cutting it, especially with your nephews and niece acting like a bunch of baboons in the background. I'm saying I need some four non-blongs at the top of our lungs in traffic, blasting it as strangers, not giving two craps about what anyone thinks about us. I agree. I think there just needs to be more of that in the world anyway, Denise. Um, you know, <laughs> people are so, I don't know. I, uh, I should probably just leave that one alone. But when's the last time you looked over at somebody and they were just jamming out in the car next to you? And if they are, when's the last time you were like, you know, that kind of thing, or, or give them one of these, or just go with them, like, where, where's the spontaneity and the fun anymore? <laughs> Next. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there. Um, so, Kanita says boost. Um, <laughs> uh, Josh says, check your messages. I check my messages, and uh, I'm immediately disgusted to see pretzel Pop-Tarts. <laughs> next um uh, so okay let's go let's go there josh some of you may or may not know anything about what this pop tart stuff is about right but maybe you've seen it here and there uh myself and and shane jennings and josh Poole and tom hembry and i mean there's there's a handful uh, uh deb shelton there's a handful of us that have kind of been roped in this pop tart situation i have an idea for this too by the way um but i need more patreon more uh patrons on my Patreon channel to support this. I would love to do an episode. Okay, let me back up. I don't know how, but somehow we, we got onto a literally a over six hour long back and forth Facebook thread about Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts, of all, all the things in the world that we could have been talking about, it was Pop-Tarts. And um, so somebody else jumped in that hadn't been a part of the conversation. Somebody jumped in on the thread and said, I can't believe you guys have, you know, it was like 400 something comments or something like that. I can't believe you guys have gone this long talking about pop tarts. My response was all the other crap that you see on Facebook. I'm happy to, to talk about pop tarts for an entire day. So it's, it's now become a thing, right? So it's anything pop tart. Those people that are in that conversation are being tagged and stuff. And I think it's fantastic. Yet another way um, to, to unite it. Here, hello, it doesn't have to be music that we unite musicians with. It could be anything. Um, but so that's that. My idea is to do a either an episode or maybe uh, what I'm really leaning toward is like a bonus episode. Um, and it, maybe we'll do it live. Maybe it'll be um, a video that we uh, pre-record or something and put on on my uh, Patreon channel or something. But needless to say. I would love to do an episode where we get some musicians in here and rank um, the Pop-Tart flavors. Sounds crazy, but again, it's another something to do to uh, unite musicians and stuff. And it's just, I mean, it's funny. It's Who gives a shit about Pop-Tarts and what one's the best, right? But uh, we'll, we'll make it entertaining and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make you agree or disagree with whatever we decide. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> I see uh, somebody's put an angry face, so they must not like that idea. Okay next uh brian says our exchange student got us started in this coffee that's awesome um you'll have to bring some when you come just saying uh booth says unavailable okay well there's probably a reason for that and it 
will probably tell you why that is. Um, so so um, do me a favor, put that link right, go to after when, whenever the show's over, go to the Audio Rose podcast and just put it right on my page. Put, put a link right on it and I'll, I'll click on it and see what I can do to help you out. Um, Al says, howdy, sorry I'm late. Thanks for joining, Al. I appreciate it. Um, another one that's always here supporting, and I very much so appreciate that, Al. So thank you. Um, grab your grab your whatever you're drinking, coffee or or soda, water, beer, anything. Jim Beam seems to be a popular one tonight. Um, uh, where were we at? Okay, uh, tape trading. Yes, uh, that was another thing. So and again. With these, when I say pass these out, I don't mean just, you know, pass them out to when you're loading your equipment out and you see somebody walking down the street that obviously didn't even go to the concert and didn't give a shit about live music anyway. I'm not saying that. I'm saying also the other musicians, you know, the, the six musicians that are there um, watching you and, and have already played their show and are, you know, being nice and, and staying and watching you. They're not doing it just to be nice. They're doing it to support you. So do something for them. Let them... You know, even if even if you say, "Here's this," go listen to this, um, and then when you're done listening to it, give it to one of your fans. Give it to somebody that's not here tonight. Like networking, you got to You got to put in the work. You got to put in the footwork. Tape trading is something that is um, kind of a lost thing, and that's because physical copies of things aren't aren't there so much. But um, it's also about having an online presence too. Uh, whether it's on, uh, oh my God, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Now those first two, SoundCloud and Reverb Nation. In my opinion, um, the people that use them, it's still going strong and it's still great. The people that don't, don't and and won't. Um, I'm telling you, man, you, Facebook and YouTube is where it's at. Um, it's, that's where you're going to get the most traction for whatever your project you're doing, in my opinion. Um, that's been kind of what I've come to the conclusion of anyway. Um, okay, man, you guys, I'm loving all these comments. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm concerned where the music scene is going. Kenita, me too. Me too. And um, even pre-COVID, I'll say that, even pre-COVID. Um, again, I think I think there's so many uh, people are just out for themselves or out to um, bury other people or other bands, if you will, and, and not help them. Um, and I'm not saying you got you to gotta help everybody. You don't have to save the world. This isn't, you know, Scott Henry commented earlier, we are the world. We don't... We, we don't have to do all that. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. Um, a little bit goes a long ways, you know. But uh, when you do it, make it known. Make Not make it known like, hey, I'm helping them. Do you see me help them? I'm not talking about that. I'm saying don't just be like, um, oh, here's an XLR or here's a guitar cable if you need it. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like share and, and um, you know, when somebody posts an event, share it to your page or um when you're taking a video, post it and tag the band and tag the people in the band and that kind of, that's what I mean. Like just go that extra step. Um, so yeah. Um, Deb says you can pay Facebook and boost your post. You need to comment at least five words on a post for it to gain attention. Have everyone in your band share, not just on the show day. Yeah. Uh, and that's a really great point, Deb. There's many shows that I've done with national acts and stuff. And um, there is a requirement in the contract. Um, that each member has to share the event at least three times before the show. Um, so if you've got five people, you you as a band, as a unit, should have had 15 chairs by the time that the show happens. Um, and I agree. And it, you can't just hit the share button and no comments or anything. Nobody cares about that. 
um, explain to people, hey, I haven't opened for a national band before, and this is, you know, I'm excited to do so. Um, and we have to share this three times. I mean, tell them. It doesn't matter. if You don't have to be all, like, businessy and like, oh, I can't let them know what's in the contract. Fuck, yes, you can. It doesn't matter. Um, so you, you got to do your part. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I say that like that because I can keep going, but I don't want to. I've got some really good questions here, and I don't want to get too into the weeds on some of this. Uh, professional pictures look awesome. Nathan Bryce has some new pictures on his pages, and they look great. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Go the extra distance. My band has done uh, photo shoots in the in the past before. You talk about, so Joel was talking about tape trading and how that's kind of a dying thing. Um, my God, promo pictures. And I'm not talking like, I don't care if it, I don't care if you're standing in front of a brick building or on train tracks. I don't give a shit. Um, when's the last time you paid a photographer to come and take pictures? And I'm not talking about when you're playing live. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about actual, like, if, if, some big band um, came to Springfield was like, hey, um, we, we're looking for local acts to open for us and we need a promo pack or a press pack. How many, how many bands actually have that ready? I guarantee you very few. I guarantee you very few. In fact, I'll say probably next to nobody. Uh, do you think Springfield's clicky? Yes. Yes. A thousand percent yes. And I think that's, that's exactly the code I'm trying to crack. To be honest with you, Kanina, um, I'm trying to get the you know again. I, for me, this is how I've always broken it down. If if Springfield, if Springfield is this piece of paper, oh, I'll turn it this way, and you've got your North Side, your your Commercial Street, you've got your Indies and your your singer songwriter and that kind of stuff. Now, again, I've said this earlier too. All this can kind of intermingle, but it's real easy to point and say, here's your singer songwriters, here's your cover bands, or I'm sorry, here's your original bands. You know your your rock bands, your metal bands, your downtown bands, that kind of thing. And here's your your midtown and south side cover bands and that kind of stuff. These things mingle a little bit, but nowhere near like what they should. Um, I shouldn't be able to point to a piece of paper and divide it that easily. But I can, and I do. And um, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, Here's another thing that you can do um, to, to what I'm talking about and stepping up and, and helping somebody. Play a show with somebody that doesn't fit with your band not not in a like oh they don't fit with me well i'm gonna stick it up their ass and you know they're gonna look like idiots i'm not talking about that at all i'm saying get somebody um trying to think of a good example here okay here's here's an example i'll throw this out here it it may or may not ever happen if it does cool if not no big deal i'm in a in a metal cover band that we haven't played a single show yet we've only been practicing we haven't even announced anything we haven't announced a name we haven't announced a set list uh who's in the band nothing nothing once we're ready to do that i would hope that somebody like the dirty saints or um i don't know help machine gun symphony or it doesn't matter love bomb insert name here says hey i dig what you're doing um it may not be the style that we you know jive with but there's a lot of people in our audience that like a lot of different music come play with us do that. Do that for a band. That's 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 what I'm talking about when I say step outside your comfort zone. Do a little extra work. Give a little extra that you wouldn't normally give. Um, get out of your giving comfort zone. Do something more. Do something different. Um, that's what I'm talking about. So, Kanita, if you're booking uh, a show with Fleetwood Mac Tribute Band, the gypsies that you're in, book somebody that you wouldn't normally think Fleetwood Mac would play with or that type of music would go with. Um, Book with Papa Green Shoes. 
book with. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Just somebody different. I think that's the thing too. Um, the reason why we are so divided is because we're not doing our part to intermingle this. Uh, we just expect it to happen. So you got to do your part and you got to, you got to step outside of your comfort zone. I can remember when, uh, my band sunset strip first started, we played with like crowning Alice and we played, I mean, there's so many bands that were like up and coming, but in different genres, but it was like, hell yeah. Like come play with us it, again. We're all in this together, man. Um, somebody was, um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jody was asking earlier, um, how do I get that? There's a fantastic way to get exposure. Um, if you, if you're a musician, I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, Put yourself out there in front of everybody, not just don't think, oh, I'm a rapper and I got to put my name out in front of rappers. I promise you, I know a lot of metalheads and a lot of rockers that like rap. Um, I, I mean, I've shown it right here on the show, right here on the Audio Rose podcast. I've had people uh, we did. Um, um, come on. Uh, what was the uh, well, first of all, we've done hip hop uh, just a few weeks ago. We had Aaron Powell from formerly of Wicked Shimmy, who was a, a rock and metal cover band. Um, and she was talking about, you know. Destiny's Child and J-Lo, for crying out loud. We had uh, Sherry Quigley on from Wheelhouse, who does, you know, rock and, and um, grunge and, you know, that kind of thing. And we're talking about Tony Braxton and Mary J. Blige. There's so many more people that are musicians that like music more than just what they play. No different from, you know, when you go to watch, um, hell, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but there's people that play in a band, um, and I'm talking national acts. Um, that um, maybe their talents are better than the band, meaning um, their talent is up here, but the band only requires this. There's so many of that. And there's so many of that that's like um, um, in, in musical taste. Like, oh, I'm in a rock band, but I really love blues and I really love jazz. That's cool. That's fine to, to like both. Um, so my point is don't, don't think for people in trying to narrow your own audience. Just throw it out to whoever and it'll, it'll catch, hopefully, to somebody. Um, and I'm telling you, uh, you know, so I, if you know me, if you don't, let me rephrase that. If you don't know me, I did hair for 16 years. I was a hairstylist as well as played in bands, et cetera, et cetera. My business was built on, on people that I can, I can literally count 85% of my business, um, came from less than five people that I, that just walked in and I did their hair and they really loved it. And they went and told their, their friends, their, their family members, their coworkers, the people they went to church with. Uh, I mean, got stopped at the grocery store and that's what builds my business. Like was having five people right here, five people like this, like Deb Klein that say, wow, no, you got uh, Deb Shelton that say, um, man, you got to come and see this band. Like, I don't know if you have seen music in a while, but I'm telling you, this is worth your time. This is worth your money. That's where those are the people. And they're so hard. It's not, not even that they're so hard to find, but when they do, man, they're the biggest fans and the biggest supporters of you. You know, just like just like right here, some of the people that you see every week, you guys are the same way. The ones you know that that come on every show and support the Audio Rose podcast, it's the same thing. So um, it, it's just a matter of finding those people that'll really um, carry your flag um, and and help spread your your name and your brand out there. So uh, so yes, Kanita, I do think that Springfield is clicky, and I think that we all need to do a, our own part to be able to um, help break that up. I mean, we need to take that and just shuffle it and just throw it out there. Um, don't be afraid, you know. Kanita, have somebody that's a singer songwriter. Have have a Joel Dil, a Joel Dillstrom type person or a Justin Larkin open your show. 
or or you play with them or open for them or whatever mix it up don't don't play with the same old bands over and over um, because not only is that not helping you grow the people that come to see you get tired of seeing the same combination too that's a big thing um Kanita says sounds fair um al hutchess says you got to get out and drink a lot of different bars and schmooze a lot of owners yeah I, I would agree with that. And it's not even just schmoozing. It's really just showing um, your worth and your value to them um, and, and that kind of thing. It, it's not quite so much um, ass kissy as you think it is. Um, it, it's a business at the end of the day for them, and it's a business at the end of the day for you. So you got to figure out what it is um, that makes it a win-win situation for both the parties. That's all it is. It's not even an ass kissing. But it is putting your face, um, your brand, uh, to somebody else's attention that's exactly what i've been saying so you're right al um a high tide raises all ships cody yes i agree you and i have talked so much about this and we've talked and and, and it have over the years um had other bands play with us that honestly don't even belong in the same on the same show because it's a different genre or different playing levels or what have you we do it because we know that that's what's right and exactly like what you said a high tide raises all ships so uh yeah uh i jam in a car and don't care says deb um if they are at a traffic light and jamming i join in i do too uh, i don't always there's times where i'm like oh god don't look at me i'm a hot mess right now but uh no it's it's fun man it's fun just do it it's fun uh i'm still waiting to see a jogger so i can blast eye of the tiger i love it al whenever that happens if if you're able to take a video of that and i'll show it on the show because i think it's fantastic uh, Richard says, Frosted Cherry or Die. Oh, for the Pop-Tarts. Yeah, uh, Frosted Cherry is great. Um, I saw a White Claw meme last night. Okay. Um, you have to share it. Kanita's all about the strudels. I like the strudels, too. They are extra work because you have to like melt the frosting and put it on there and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan Everly. I'm not sure who that is. Um, Tammy likes a pretzel one, says Chris. Uh, yeah, well, there's going to be more for her because I ain't buying them. Brian says Shane needs Dr. Pepper, not coffee. The Pop Tart episode. Uh, yeah, well, he'll have to, I tell you what, if we can get people to help pitch in for some Pop Tarts, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll grab some Dr. Pepper. Even if I have to go to the block market for it, I'll get some Dr. Pepper for him. Um, crap, now I lost my spot. I'm going to jump through these because. I do. I've got some really great questions here, but I want to. I, I am absolutely loving that you guys are giving me all these comments. You guys are bringing up some really, really fantastic points too. Um, if you do a pop tart show, I'm going to crash it with cherry pop tarts and <laughs> apple crown. A big bottle this time. Well, there you go. There you go, Terry. Um, who has drank Zach Wild coffee? And if so, was it any good? Good question. Um, Richard Johnson asks. Richard Brantner, have you had Zach Wild's coffee? I know you're a big Zach Wild fan. So, um, Josh Poole says, network, network, network. All you can do is buy followers. Also, you can buy followers that create bigger online presence. The social media algorithms recognize this and give you a wider reach to unsolicited profiles. There you go. There you go. That's exactly right. Um, Chris says, everyone should be doing uh, shameless self-promotion. Absolutely. Here's the thing, too. It's, it's no different for playing, right? There's a balance. There is a balance. You don't want to like post something every day and be like, oh man, go like my show. I've, I'm telling you, man, I've been in this scene for over a dozen years now and it's, I've, I've seen new bands come up 
I won't even name names because um, some of the people are still very current in, in the music scene. And thankfully now we're playing with people that are more seasoned, but I've seen people that just pour the shit out of, out of the shares and the posts that they do, whether it be on their own page, but more specifically in groups. Groups? <laughs> um, to where it's, it, it's a total turnoff. Nobody, you know, to remind somebody or to show somebody is one thing, but to cram it down their throat, I promise you, is a total turnoff. So there's a balance there. No different from, I don't want to see your band play at this bar every other Thursday. I don't. It's bullshit, and it's you're over you're overset. I don't even want to see your band play at any bar every other Thursday in Springfield. Period. Ever. There are bands that I've played with and that are still playing right now that absolutely overplay the shit out of the same market. Um, now, if you're in a band and you're playing every weekend, but it's in a different city or a different state, you're doing it right. You are doing it right. But if you're playing in Springfield, if you're on the north side this weekend and down on the south side this next weekend and then downtown the following weekend and then you've got this the, the one after that off and then you're back on the south like it's too much you're cramming it down people's throat and you're not giving people a chance to want it or to miss it so um online promotion is no different from playing out in that aspect in my opinion um, a little bit goes a long ways but you have to do a little more than just a little bit uh if that makes sense i know maybe that kind of quartered it up but um don't overdo it. Don't post shit every day saying, oh, like my page or like my band or share this or da 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 da. Like, do it with purpose. Do it with meaning. Um, and don't, it's not even just about if, if this is your event, don't just share your event. Share, you know, hey, I'm, I'm taking my kids out for a picnic today or something. Make them invest in you. Okay, well, now, hey, I've seen pictures of this guy online and, you know, he's got cute kids or I like that he's always outside or I like that he's da 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 da. They're investing in you. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Brian says, I have a few of these CDs converted to MP3 and mixed uh, with the rest of my music. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, David Gates says, yep. Joel says, yeah, we need a big metal fest after this virus is over. Joel, I agree, and Death May Die is in. So if you're putting it together, keep in mind your friends and Death May Die. Um Kim says, do you as a musician take time during your break to reach out and speak to someone that you haven't seen at your show before? Um, yes and no. Um, I'll be honest. There, I, I do try to do that. Um, but there's also, it's a challenge because, so when you're on, on stage for, you know, 45 minutes in your first set or second set or whatever, and you've got time to, during your break, you know, you've got to go to the bathroom, you've got to get your other drink. In the way of all this, you got somebody stopping you and talking that you probably stop and talk to at every show, that kind of thing. So it does make it hard. But again, it's about going that extra distance. Um, it's about like when you're playing your last song or whatever, um, try and try and eyeball who's who's that? I don't know that. And then when you're done playing, make a beeline for right there where you're going, where you see that person that you're like, I don't even know who they are. That's a great point, Kim. Um, challenge. Challenge yourself to go out and and do the whole, uh, okay, maybe not handshake during all this. I won't say that. But pre-COVID, that's what I'm talking about. Um, you've got to go out and, and um, what, what's the saying? Um, shake hands and kiss babies and, and that kind of stuff. Like, you've got, to, you've got to put yourself out there. You've got, to, you've got to, again, it's extending an olive branch to have them invest in you. Um, so, yeah. Um, good picks. Yep. 
how many bands have press packs? Yeah, exactly. I would love to know that too, Deb. I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm dead serious with this. I bet you less than a dozen of bands and all of Springfield have a press pack. Less than a dozen. And I promise you we're over 200 bands. That's pitiful as fuck is what it is. <laughs> Just to be blunt. It's absolutely pitiful. Um, who was the chicken with the orange hair taking pictures downtown yesterday? My son thought they were doing a music video. I'm not sure. And I'm trying to think of who that could have been because I'm not sure that I saw anything on Facebook about that. Um, Deb Klein agrees. Springfield does have a click. Yep. Um, again, and I'll reiterate this till I'm blue in the face. Um, that's what I'm trying to break. I'm, I'm trying my part to, to try and break some of that because, um, to have some clicks and stuff, it's, it's natural, you know, it's human nature, but it shouldn't be this divided. It shouldn't be. Um, David Gates says, uh, what do you think about an original act opening for a cover band uh, that brings a draw to help grow original acts? I, I, a billion percent agree. Dave, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's even exactly what I said um, to Kanita. As, I mean, just as an example, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to point out you, Kanita. Um, I, you were just the one that commented, so I, I went with it. But um, if you notice, Kanita is in a, um, she's in several, but the band I was talking about was the Gypsies, which is a Fleetwood Mac cover band. I suggested her the two names that I threw out, Justin Larkin and Joe Dillstrom, are singer-songwriters, original music. That's what I'm talking about exactly. You hit the nail on the head, Dave. Um, and again, that's more of, again, uh, the, the people that are successful taking just two seconds to reach out and help somebody else out, even if you do it for one show. Even if you do it and you're like, I don't feel like that really did anything for us or I don't feel like they got as much out of it as what we were hoping they would. Next. At least you tried. Nobody's trying. That's the problem. Um... <laughs> drank trying to drive <laughs> well be careful out there uh richard um brian says example get your rock life back show yes exactly and russ and i both have been uh and that was totally russ and renee's deal i'm not trying to piggyback off that but he and i both have always had the same philosophy of do all that you can to try and get um springfield more united with our music scene um Kanita says i love papa Oh, Papa Green Shoes. Yeah, that's, there you go. Another one. Now, yes, they're a cover band. So to um, Dave's point, um, that was another band that I threw out. And yes, they're a cover band, but they're a blues cover band and a, and a kind of a classic rock kind of thing. Um, so it's not necessarily something that you would put with a Fleetwood Mac per se. Would it go well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would. Um, so it just it's about thinking outside of the box, exactly like what you said, Dave. Um, Richard Brantner says, remember that time when I the Witch played with a Tool cover band? Yes, I do, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. That was fantastic. And I, I like King Diamond and Tool. You'll never see, I mean, unless you're at uh, uh, a big festival in Europe or something, you know, unless you're at Wacken or something like that, Wacken, um, you're, you're not going to see that. But it happened right here in, in, well, I almost said in Missouri, but in Arkansas, Missouri, whatever, um, in this area, we, because we made it happen. Um. Okay, so Jody, you are a musician. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, I'm excited to, to learn more about you, Jody. I appreciate you joining us here. Um, Kanita says Aaron uh, Gabrielle Powell kills the blues. She can do it all. Yes, she can. Absolutely. Um, I I didn't even know that she did. And then um, the time that I ran sound for uh her and um, oh for crying out loud. I just totally went blank. <laughs> wow. Um, 
Norman Jackson. Jeez. Um, played at uh, uh, Fusion here in Springfield. I, I actually thought that you were going to be the one singing with him. And uh, when she was there, I was like, oh, this is different. I didn't know that this was even a, a thing. And she she nailed it. She did very, very good. So, yeah. Denise says, here's a good example. Uh, you were in Death May Die, but you went to see Tanya Tucker in February. Absolutely. I'm a fan of lots of music. Um, and there's been many times people on the show have said that. Um, that uh, they're, they're a fan of music. They're a fan of good music. And what somebody considers good and bad is totally um, subjective. And I get that. But I think a lot of it has to do with um, just having an open mind and trying not to be so um, so much of an elitist about things. Um, oh, well, my music's more complicated. More, mine's more diverse. My, next, where is the variety in your life? Uh, Josh says, agreed. Springfield needs to get away from the four-hour uh, one-band gigs. It will expose one band's fan base to other groups. Honestly, most musicians in this town aren't in it for the money. I agree. I agree. Um, and, you know, to be honest, from my experience, the bands that are getting the money, it's totally residual. It's totally, it's not their, it's not their goal. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's just a byproduct of what's happening. Um, their goal is um, just to have a lot of people that support them and come to see their shows. And so, I don't want that to get too confused with build it and they the what I call build it and they will come philosophy, meaning I'm just going to do my part and and people better show up and and realize how great I am. That ain't going to work. Um, the the proper build it and they will come is doing it for hey I want to get my my uh, stuff out there to as many people as I can. I'll do all and anything and everything I can to do so. Um, if I get nothing out of it, if I get nothing back, if people show up to my shows only whenever I play for free, cool. Um, but if I play somewhere and there's a $10 cover and I'm making $1,000, that's a bonus. That's not the, that's not the goal. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Kanita says, I support Jared Isaacs. Well, I so appreciate you, Kanita. Um, I've enjoyed so much working with you over the last uh, couple of years now. Um, and I, I support you as well. So Al says, preach it, brother Jared. There you go. You heard it here first. Uh, Chris says, flyers are necessary. I agree. Um, both what I call digital and physical. Um, you've, got, you've got to put them up. You've got to something. Even if you talk to the bar, um, here's the thing too. I'll, I'll show you an example of this right now. Some of, the, some of the bands that play may not even realize this. You can go to a bar. You can go to a bartender or a bar owner, manager, whatever, fill in the blank. And you can see on the bar where it says Coors Light, $5, um, $6 Applejack shots or, or Fireball or what, what the hell ever. Um, those are produced by um, the liquor suppliers to the bar. They are given to the bar for free because in the bottom it'll always say Coors Light or Fireball or whatever. You can also have them do your band's poster for free. Um, it's a matter of building that relationship and that connection with the bar saying, Hey, um, I would like to see before our show, you know, for, for three weeks before we play, um, you know, I, I see that, um, Bud Light is a, or Miller Light is a big sponsor here. Um, you've got a lot of Miller Light signage and stuff. Can you talk to them the next time they come and restock your freezer or restock your cooler or whatever? Um, can you have them put this flyer 
Um, and then right there, whether it's a file, whether it's a whatever, uh, if you hand them, if you hand them a flash drive or whatever, and you just have a, a small shitty one that you don't care about, give it to them and say, here's my file. Whenever you can have, have, have your beer guys put this up and, and make a poster for us. I would appreciate it. And then take that poster and give it to somebody after the show or, or something like that. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Going the extra mile. Like people just put it on Facebook and expect, Oh, I did my part. They'll come. They see it. There's so much more because look at now you're talking about building a relationship with a bar owner or a manager or a bartender. And they see that you're invested in, in the overall project, the overall big picture. You want to be a success for your show. You're wanting their bar to be a success. You know, there's, you've got to look at the big picture and things from all sides. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Oh, sorry. White claw pop tart meme. There you go. Um, I got five dollars towards a pop tart episode right now. There you go, Kim. I appreciate it. Um, what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't, what happened? Where? When? Why? Where? How? Who? Uh, but they're chocolate pop tarts. Those are the worst. Uh, I have not, but I imagine it shreds uh, and it's very tasty. About the uh, Zach Wild coffee, I think that was Brian uh, that had asked. Or no, sorry, that was Richard Johnson. Um, I LLC pitched some money too for the pop tart money uh, episode. Very cool. Uh, Patreon.com. I tell you what, put it on Patreon or on um, what else did I say? Uh, PayPal and Cash App. I'll throw those up again before the end of the episode so you can see those. Um, original bands usually don't have four hour sets. That's a ton of material. Yes, it is. Um, that's also, in some respects, I think also kind of what Josh is saying. That's also um, by nature overexposure in its own. Um, even if you're in a band that plays a four-hour set and you play once every three weeks or something, that's kind of overdoing it because that's when you when you break down the hours, that's twelve hours of insert band name here music over a three-week period versus an original band that plays once every two or three months for forty-five minutes. That's a drastic percentage difference in saturation. So, um, yeah, I agree. Jared, you have had. Valhalla uh Java Deathwish coffee. Oh, have I had? Um I'm not sure about Valhalla, but I do have uh Deathwish over there and at my little coffee station. Uh I've got both the K cups and the actual um bean the coffee bean stuff. Um uh I brought it to the rehearsal that I photographed it, it was great. Oh yes, I have. Um and Zach Zachenthos? Wilds coffee, okay. Uh, yes, I've had I've had black um, uh, black. I've had Death Wish coffee. It comes in a black bag, uh, and I, I really like it. It's it's good stuff. Um, there you go. Uh, there you go. Zach Wild. Okay, I was like, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> um, used to have house bands. Okay. Um, cr- crotch bump. Uh, you have to reach out to the cover bands. Yes, exactly, and. I'm telling you, cover bands are the easiest people to reach out to. They're all over the place. They are sometimes some of the best about promoting their stuff. Um, whereas original bands kind of fall more so into that. Um, build it and they will come. I've worked my ass off and, and practice, and we've paid for this uh, 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 studio time. We've got a we've you know we've got our our CDs and stuff. 
We've got merch. We've got all this. We've done our part. Build it and they will come. We've got a show on the 13th of next month. Build it and they will come. And you hear crickets. Why? Because what what actual exposure have you given yourself to other people? None. You're you're relying on people to just show the show up at your show and then give them exposure to your band. That's not the way it works. That's exactly what Deb was saying earlier. Who are you? Why would I even come to your show? Where where's my free sample? Where's my you know that kind of thing? Hello, that's the reason they do. Speaking of free samples, that's the reason they do free samples at you know your grocery store and stuff of different foods is to get you to to try things that you wouldn't normally try and you have no idea what it, they even are. They're not even on your radar. You can't expect just a well. Here's an example. I enjoy drinking Bud Light. I uh, hadn't had the Bud Light Orange, and I didn't want to spend the as a cheap ass. I didn't want to spend the whatever it was eight bucks, nine bucks, um, for a a six pack of it and risk taking one beer out of it, taking one sip, and going, "Oh, this is horseshit." Um, I, I didn't want to do it, so I waited until I went to um, I think it was Price Cutter, where you can go and um, sometimes I'll have just a random bottle by itself, and I bought that, and that's exactly what happened. I drank it, and I thought it was dog shit. And I was like, man, dodged a bullet on that. Glad I didn't spend my money, um, you know, wasted my money on nearly $10 of, of beer that I would have taken one sip of and hated. It's the same philosophy with music. you got to give them the sip first. got to give them that free bottle. Um, Outland always has done posters, Lundbergs too. Uh, just need your flyer. Exactly. Um, and, and sometimes they're good about saying that to you. They're good about they meaning the venue saying or the bar saying hey we've got this um give me your flyer and i'll do this sometimes they're not i i not hey and i'm talking about both of them um where they've just taken my flyer right off of facebook and i'm like i get there and i'm like what does that say it's really fuzzy because they just took it right off of facebook they didn't even say hey can you email me a, a better quality of that image or whatever um point being it's cool that they do that my point is a lot of people don't even realize that they do or that they can. So um, if you if you learn that tonight, I'm glad that you've learned something. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. You've got to, and it, to like what, I think it was Al that was saying that earlier, you got to schmooze with your uh, your bartenders and your, your staff. It's not schmoozing. It's building a relationship. It's showing them that you're worth investing in. That's all it is. Um, I have signed many posters. Yes, there you go. Or I have many signed posters. <laughs> Golly, it's like I can't read. I, I wish. So if you've not been to the studio, I've got this screen, but it's across the room, and I'm trying to read from across the room, and it's not always easy. Um, blind taste test on PT. Okay. Blind taste test on PT. What is PT? Tuck says hi from YouTube viewing. No Facebook currently. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we've got. He can comment right there on YouTube, um, but tell him I said hello. Um, I, I see all comments on Facebook and YouTube right here on on the uh, app that I use. So uh, so feel free to say hi, Tuck. Uh, Tammy says, what happened to the Facebook pages that came out after COVID? Um, there's got to be a way to get aspiring musicians who aren't being heard of because they can't break into the local band scene without an actual band. Being selfish, um, there are those, like my husband, um, he's... Really great, but had a difficult time being heard until Subtle Jane. Um, you know, Tammy, that's a fair point because I know that you and uh, Chris both came out to a lot of shows and stuff for my band, and I know that you did for other bands as well. Um, I think I think there's something to it too. Um, I got to kind of tread lightly on this one. 
nothing nothing on your end, but maybe not everybody knew that he could play or how well or at what level I should say he could play at. Now, obviously, he's he's a great player and a great dude, and would make a fantastic bandmate. Um, I'm 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 treading lightly because my solution to that is um, somebody else. I think it was Josh earlier said that like 80 percent of the people coming to shows right now are look are other musicians. Okay, well, if that's all the people that's coming up to your shows, I'll add them and say, hey, come up on stage and play this song with us. That's all you got to do. That's the same thing, right? Like you're lifting them up, giving them that chance. You know, for the 20% of people that aren't musicians or have never heard of Subtle Jane or who Chris is, they're able to say, wow, that guy's a really great player, or I like his strange presence, or not my cup of tea, next. Okay, that's fine. But I think that's part of it, too, is extending that olive branch in that way. Um, now, I have mixed feelings about that because I used to be very not for um, having people come up on stage and, and play or sing with you and that kind of stuff. Just from the perspective of myself being such a, uh, I don't want to say perfectionist because I'm not perfect, but I do I do try to do my best. Um, but, you know, all the hours and, and stuff that you put into um, band practice and stuff to learn your parts and to do your parts your way and the, and the way of your band, um, you don't want to just like, okay, well, we've worked so hard on this and how we're going to end this song or how we're going to start this song or, you know, we, we draw this part out and then we have somebody come up on stage and they just know the record version and that's what they play and we're like, what about all that practice? So my point is, I've changed my mind on that, though. If I mean, that's part of a, uh, a good band is being able to, to spin on the fly like that and follow somebody else's lead. In fact, it makes it fun. Um, it gives you a challenge um, that you're not normally, you know, if, if, you, if you're doing the same thing all the time, where's the challenge? I guess is a short way to say that. Um, how's that for promotion? Love it. Love it. Um, Chris says, do they still have Battle of the Bands? I don't know. Um, but before we talk about Battle of the Bands, we've got to get people less divided, right? Because uh, I don't want to say that that's all it's going to do, but all the any Battle of the Bands in Springfield that I have ever been a part of is 100% a popularity contest. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just the way it is. Um, and until we have kind of more of a level playing field, I don't see that that's necessarily a good thing. That's my two cents. Um, so I'm not necessarily for a battle of the bands. I'm more for a showcase of the bands. I will we'll put it that way. Um, and Tuck says he loves you, Jared. Uh, Tuck, you better be wearing your red pleathers tonight, buddy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, I hate going somewhere, Chris says, and that has like six bands the night that they spend more tear down and set up time than playing. I'd rather see one band uh night, maybe two, but any more than that, uh, you get bored. I'm going to challenge you, Chris, on that one just a little bit, and here's why. My band that you and I were in together, and your band that you're in now, used to play three sets in a night, which means two uh, teardown and um, or, or two breaks. In those breaks, a band could have torn down and set up. So meaning that during your three sets, that could have been three bands. So I agree, six is too much. I've always thought six is too much. Four is the max four or any more than four and you're ridiculous with whatever you're trying to do um in a in a normal nine to one scenario um if, if you're doing any more than four bands i'm out like it's it, i agree with chris 100 percent on that it's too much um there unless unless you've got a really smooth somehow set up and most most places here in springfield just don't they don't have the room it's not that they don't have you know 
their hearts aren't in the right place or something. They just don't have the room or, or the, the ability to do so. Uh, maybe they don't have enough microphones to mic two drum kits to where this one's playing, this one's setting up and whatever, and then this one's playing and this one's setting up. Like They just don't have the means. So to a certain extent, I agree. But at the same time, I think that people are too antsy at the same time. If, if you're expecting people to stick around for um, two breaks, you should stick around for two bands to, to set up. It's the same thing to me. Um, Mira says, hi, Jared. Your hair looks beautiful, sir. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, Richard says, Pop-Tarts. There you go. Uh, okay, so that was, uh, what was that? Black Cherry? I don't know. If I scroll too much, I'm going to, oh, uh, PT, Pop-Tarts. Gotcha. Thank you. Appreciate the clarification. PT is Pop-Tarts. Got it. Got it. Uh, not the red pleather. <laughs> okay. Kim says thinking outside the box, play other places, maybe like sunset did with the music store. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I, so I'm starting to see a lot of that actually, Kim, but it, a lot of it is that market is being uh, cornered right now by the singer songwriters. Um, look at again, I, I know I keep bringing these two up but seriously. If you want to take notes, take notes from, uh, Justin Larkin and take notes from Joe Dillstrom. Look at the places they're playing. They're playing at places that you've probably not even been to or heard of. Um, and I'm sure they would love to have bands there. Uh, Matt Baker, my friend, what's going on, man? Um, it makes it hard to get any decent mixing done, too. Too many bands uh, means I can't focus on getting a great production. Uh, resurrection in small venues. I Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, resuscitation in small venues. Um, yeah, Matt, you're exactly right. It's As a production guy, too, it's, it is hard. It's a challenge, and it makes... Uh, for a hell of a lot more stress to your sound guy to have that many bands. That I'm I'm in I'm in the um, I'm four two to three maybe maybe four. If you're doing four bands, start at eight. Go from eight to one. I don't think that's too much of an ask. Um, Mark LeBrock, hello. Um, Chris says Springfield should have a big festival outdoors like Springfield Palooza. Great idea, and I love it. Um, my question is where. Al Hutches, um, I think pages like Queen City Shout and the like, I uh, got similar down here in Florida. I've helped out a lot during COVID, uh, or have helped out a lot during COVID. Quality, not always the greatest, but I dig the shuffle setup a lot. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Um, Bash in the Grass this year is almost entirely local. Yes, and I think that's fantastic. Um, Matt, that's the one that's at Jack Mountain, correct? Um, by the way, I'm... I'm well aware of the old Jack Mountain. Uh, Matt, if you've done a lot of work out there, talk to Marvin about the catwalk and ask him who it was built for. Just saying. Um, Deb Quine says, love me some Jill Dillstrom. Uh, same. Extremely talented guy. Uh, that's all right, uh, Matt. I'm, sometimes I'm good at reading. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm good at reading typos. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> uh, Deb says, if you ever got to see the C Street Band, there are some smooth dudes. Uh, yes. Um, I, I have never got to see them, to be honest, and to be totally frank about it. Um, I have not, but I've seen and heard so many good things about them um, from seeing Facebook and clips of the like. Um, it's, yeah, um, good stuff. Yes, Jack Mountain. Yep, uh, good stuff. I love Jack Mountain. I love Marvin. I love what he's doing out there. I love the, the, the concept and the imagination. God, I hate that it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It's only 20, 25 miles away. 
But some people, they don't. I mean, they won't even go down the street to to watch a local band, let alone go outside of town. But I'm telling you, if you want something different, somebody, uh, Kim was talking about a change of pace and somewhere different. Go check out Jack Mountain. It's it's amazing. Uh, they've got fishing and camping. You can you can go out there for a weekend. Um, they've got it's, it's so Jack. I'll go this way. Jack Mountain, like the stage. I'm I'm backwards. I'm trying to do this on camera. <laughs> this is not easy. Okay, here we go. So the stage is down here, and they've got people up on this mountain, Jack Mountain, and it's built like an amphitheater. And so, like, you can sit here on the, and it's not like this steep. It's it's probably more like this. You could sit here. You're not rolling down the down the hill. You can sit here and watch the band that's playing down here at the um at the stage, and you can go further up and further up. And there's camping all around. They've got nice facilities. They've got like a little restaurant kind of thing there now. Um, they have like um in the past they've had one of four point seven the cave come out and and cover the show. It, it's it's so good and it's it's like honestly it's the biggest um hidden gem that there is in in the surrounding music scene. That place should there's no reason that place shouldn't have a thousand people at some of these shows and sometimes they just don't. Um Chris says the outport uh, I'm sorry the <laughs> the outport the airport out by Kearney or out by Springfield Underground. Yeah, absolutely. I think that either either place would be really good ideas. Um in fact, I think so whenever I was like I think 13 or no it would have been my 14th birthday i believe i actually uh my dad brought me and my sister up here to springfield and we watched a music festival and i think it was up by the airport and it was like um charlie daniels was playing um bill ingvall was there um tim mcgraw faith hill there was like this whole country three-day kind of thing and i think it was out by the airport if i remember correctly i didn't you know i wasn't driving or anything then so i didn't pay attention to exactly where it was but I think it was up in that area. So I think it's very suitable to have a, a, a outdoor show or festival or concert like that up there. Lena says, I love the local musicians festival idea, and they can also showcase local food trucks. They could use uh, Springfield Underground. This would promote local business and bands. 100%. Um, 100%. So Lena, um, in the in the like last three years that I've been working with the Dirty Saints, um, they did a show, I think it was last year, in Marshfield, and it was exactly like this, um, where they had, t I mean, like 20 different food trucks and stuff. Um, and uh, it, was, it was, I can't remember even what it was for, but it was something for the city of Marshfield, I believe. Um, but yes, Springfield needs to do something similar to that. Uh, Bash in the Grass 2020. Travis Tuck, hey, brother, hope all is well. Well, it is well, and I'm glad to see you in the comments. I don't know why you thought you couldn't comment, but I see you, brother. I see you. Uh, now, go get into those damn rather plant, pleather pants. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Um, you can get a beautiful mix, and it carries all the way up the mountain. Yes, absolutely. It sounds fantastic, and it is so nice, so well-kept. Um, and it's it's really, man, I can't tell you enough. It is not hard to find. It is not that far away. Um, to go to Branson is, is farther than it is to go to Jack Mountain. Um, it's just so nice, and I wish so many people knew about it that don't know about it. Um, yeah, so it's it's actually in Diggins. If if you're familiar with the area, it's if as you're going uh, east on on Highway 60 towards Rogersville, or I'm sorry, toward, past that towards Seymour, right before there is a town called Diggins. It's a a town that's uh, predominantly populated by Amish people, and just north of that is where Jack Mountain is. It's beautiful. It's a, and it's a beautiful drive. I love driving down on um, eastbound Highway 60. It's it's such a nice drive. Deb says, "Don't encourage Tuck. Pants are a best pants. 
and are asbestos and won't burn. There you go. Yeah, easy for me to say again. Okay, so I'm gonna go back down to my notes. I didn't I didn't mention this earlier. I wanted to say this whenever I had uh, the graphic up for you know find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I I looked into this uh, this week. This is um, for the audio only versions of the show. So like what you're hearing right now, and will be uploaded um, for you to listen to if you're if you caught the first ten minutes but you had to go or that kind of thing, um, or if you just don't get to watch the show and you want to listen. So um, I looked up the um, statistics, if you will, the analytics for how the channel is doing, and it's so cool to see people listening that aren't even from the Springfield area. So the majority of my listeners, and the and this is all just audio only, is all I can, all I'm talking about on this. Um, the majority of my listeners, yes, come from the United States. Um, but I've also got listeners in the Philippines and um, the United uh, Arab Emirates, in Argentina, Germany, Mexico, Nigeria, New Zealand, and Saudi Arabia as of today. Um, and then here's an interesting tidbit, and I, I don't know what I think about this, to be honest. I have, in the United States, you can also, I'm, I'm able to like zoom in on this and, and get more information. I have the majority of my audio-only listeners live in Iowa. Not Missouri, Iowa. And not by like one or two, like they have more than doubled, in fact, almost tripled the number of listeners in Iowa that listen to the Audioverse podcast than do listen in Missouri. It's crazy. Um, New York, Tennessee um, are also uh, where people listen. I'm going to challenge, I want to see, I'm not, I won't give the answer. Here, let's see if you can guess down in the comments on the audio only version what is my most downloaded episode? Let me know in the comments. See if you can guess which episode is the most downloaded in the audio only. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and I've got some questions that I've kind of um, come up with this week as I was getting ready to um, to do this episode and whatnot. Um, so... Um, sorry, uh, I, I want to get to some of the questions that I've had prepared. So let's see here. Uh, Brian guesses episode number three, which was uh, Rock from 1970, if I remember right. I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, Deb says ACDC, Bonner, Brian. Nope, that's not it. That was a one of my... Actually, so so far, those two guesses are my most viewed on Facebook. Both of them. Over a thousand views, which I think is freaking awesome. But yeah. Nope. Uh Josh, nope, not ACDC. You ready for this? Drum roll, please. No sound effects yet. Don't worry about it. Who cares? The Backstreet Boys. Classic album clash number one, the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's back versus Millennium. That's my most downloaded audio only episode. Who knew? It's also my absolute least viewed uh episode. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I, I put no weight into that. I could care less. I just, I enjoy that people are enjoying it and watching along, um, or listening along. I think it's great. I, I appreciate your support. I don't care that I get so many, um, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I gotta have this many views or, oh, I only got, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm glad that you're supporting it and I'm glad you enjoy and are enjoying it. So, uh, yeah. Scott Henry says maiden versus pre-show. That's quite possible. That would fall under our tournament of champions format. 
in our classic album clash it is one artist with two albums uh, so to put an artist versus an artist uh, that would fall in our tournament of champion episode and that's a high possibility that's a really good one actually um i'll write that down sir in fact i was gonna say i'll write it down and then i was gonna come back and write it down after the show but i know my memory so maiden versus priest poc tournament of champions there you go it's written down um Okay, so you guys ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, no, Tammy, it was not number two, uh, which was our uh, summer kickoff party. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and present some questions for you guys, and I want um, I want to see if you guys can and help me formulate answers to this and and discuss this. Um, you guys have asked me great questions, so now I'm putting this back on you. So are we ready? My first question. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Now you're seeing everything. There we go. Sorry. Um, okay, so I present this to you. Are you personally more likely to go out and watch a local cover band over a local original band? I'm asking you. Chime in down below in the comments. Are you more likely to go out and watch a cover band or an original band? And why? <laughs> Richard's Richard Breitner's upset that uh, Backstreet Boys is the most downloaded. <laughs> Deb says Maiden versus Priest, Priest, tough show. Yes, I agree, which makes it a good show. Um, but you looked so cute. <laughs> okay, um, Kim says cover band. Why is that, Kim? Uh, Travis says original. Why is that? I'm gonna keep score. Is what I'm gonna do. Okay, so. I've got, oh, this is great. You guys are killing it in this comment section. I so, so appreciate this. It'd be awesome if this was this way every week. Love it. Love it, love it. Um, okay, so we've got one for a cover. We've got one for original from Tuck. Um, Al says, I'm a whore. Cover. <laughs> okay. Brenda says, cover. Jarlene, how's it going? She says, yes, a variety of what they play. Um, Christy Pressler says, uh, by the way, hi, Christy, um, original because, um, the support is needed, but pending the cover band, I'll go and have fun and sing along with, uh, with the good to get out. Okay. It's, oh, it's good to get out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So I'm going to put you down for original and just because you're answer to everybody, just because you're answering one way doesn't mean that you were only one way. I'm just asking right now, if I, if I gave you $10 and said, go watch a band. Are you going to go watch a cover band or are you going to go watch an original band and why? Chris says cover. Travis says like to hear the new over the radio rock I hear all the time. Totally fair. Um probably cover cover um comfort probably is why. Okay. Yep. Um and you know and I understand that there's a lot of people that are like I want to I want to be able to sing along and and let loose and have fun that way too. Um, they want to be a part of it, I guess. So I get that. Um, Ashley says probably a cover band, but honestly, if I can't decide, I go by which has a cooler name. That's totally fair. Um, so cover for Ashley. Uh, Chris says, uh, I know what I'm getting. <laughs> uh, Richard says, honestly, these days a cover band, um, put you down for that. Um, I am not real privy to all the original bands. I feel like 
That should change though. Time is an issue as well Work with work, etc. cetera. Uh, and word of mouth. Since I'm not in the scene as much, I don't know who's out there. Yep, I totally understand that. Um, and I think it's one of those things too. And this is where this is where other people need to take um, take more whatever with it. They, they need to do more. Um, it's easy to talk about, man, you need to, you know, I hear it all the time. I work with the Dirty Saints so much. Um, man, you got to hear the Dirty Saints. They're so good. And where, where are those people for the original bands? Where are the people that are like, man, if you've never heard of of Death May Die, like you need you need to go check them out. Like, man, they're so good. Or you know, just whatever. Like, it's so easy to talk about cover bands, but nobody really does the same for um, for uh, original bands. And I don't know why that is. Um, Tiffany, original, because I know the work that goes into that production. Love that. I, I'm not saying I love or I don't love original or cover as your answer. I love that as your reason why. Um, David said, I'm sorry, I keep calling you David. Dave, I'm sorry. Dave Gates says original. Dev Klein says, I would like, I would go to an original band because it's their music and not someone else's. I know they're playing someone else's songs, take work and practice, but you know your own music, heart and soul. Yes, and it means something to you, like personally. I get that. So Deb is going with original. Kim says, uh, who, by the way, voted for covers. Uh, to know the music I'm watching makes me feel more a part of it rather than listening to an original band where I'd be discovering something new. Spot on exactly what I said. Um, you want to be a part of the show. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I will say, uh, and I, I'll speak. Sorry, I'll scoot over. Um, I'll speak from experience on this. There have been bands that I'm massive fans of that are original music. Um, I'll, I'll be transparent about this. There was a band 10 years ago that I was a huge fan of called Plastic Image, a genre that I didn't listen to people that I didn't know. I don't even remember how I found them. And to this day, I'm still friends with the people that were in the band and they haven't been a band in 10 years, <laughs> something like that. Uh, so I, I guess it was like 15 years ago that I found them. Um, I was a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of Sardis. These are all original bands. And the reason I'm saying these, whenever I go to their show, I have done my part, my homework that Yes, I was kind of in that like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like these guys or whatever. Like, I, I, I could easily sing "Carry On" my wayward song along with some other band or something. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, put myself out there, um, and and stick around and listen to their set. And I was impressed as hell, um, with what they were doing. And so, therefore, I bought their CD. Uh, actually, it was a cassette tape because that's their shtick, and I freaking love that. Um. So I have now a favorite song of mine they do. I know the words too. And now I'm able to go to their shows and sing along. My point to all this is me singing along to their original song gives me and them more satisfaction than me going and watching a cover band play Every Rose Has Its Thorn that I've heard 60 bands play. Um, I get more and they get more um, when you're invested in their song to be able to, to participate. But it does take going and doing um, I get what you're saying. It takes more effort. It takes more um, of a leap of faith uh, to be able to have that connection with somebody local. And it's, to be honest, it is more few and far between. It's easier to find a cover band that's like, yeah, they do that pretty good. 
um, and and accept that as okay versus an original band that you're like, man, I really dig what they're doing. I get that. It's you know, and that's the thing with original music. It's not always for everybody. Um, by nature, it is not necessarily built for the masses. That's why people cover songs that were built for the masses. Josh Poole says, uh, cover band due to familiarity of the music. Original band can be a bit of a crapshoot quality-wise. 100%. And I agree. I get that. Um, oh, man. Scroll down and now all the comments went. Um, Aaron says, I love the bands that mix it without saying a word. Sometimes I'm very pleasantly surprised at their originals. That's very true, too, um, Aaron. Um, and I know um, even, even in... When you were with Wicked Shimmy, your set list was that way. Even though it was covers, you didn't. It wasn't narrowed down to one genre. So there's philosophy in that as well. Um, so I'm not sure which side to put you on. So Aaron, I'm going to pretend give you ten dollars to go see any band next weekend. Are you going to see a cover band or an original? Lana says cover. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Uh, I can sing with them and know what I'm going to get. Yes, but you don't know the words still. So there's that. Uh, Scott Henry says, death may die and unearthly child. Love it. And I love that you even know that. <laughs> awesome. Um, Tammy says cover bands, uh, because I know the songs, but when they put in originals, it's great. Okay. So there's two people that have said, mix it up. Um, on your comments, such variation of taste and people with original band, it's really a crapshoot on writing music. That's going to appeal to a large group in a smaller market, unless you're crazy good. I agree. And Richard, here's my honest opinion on that. Um, and I, I wish I could remember who it was. Um, I just heard this this week, and I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. Um, they're paying to see you. Um, in other words, and I've been guilty of this in, in our bands that we've been in the past, where we're trying to be a step ahead of them and figure out, oh, this is what they want. Oh, they want to dance. Oh, they want to rock. Oh, They, they want to come and support you, period. Um, what, it's no different from... What, we're, what we've been talking about throughout this thread, no different from right now. Um, people are investing in me and investing in other people in the comment section, etc. Um, write what you want to write. Write what makes you feel happy and fulfilled. If people support that, great. If they don't, at least you've been able to artistically do something you've wanted to do that you don't feel cornered and like, oh, I've got to adjust it to, do, to fit this. That's, I mean, the bands that we cover didn't do that. So why should we? Um, so um, that's that's my new philosophy on that. Do what makes you happy. Uh, do it the way that it makes you happy. Don't do it because you're trying to judge and, and be a step ahead of the game as far as what's going to get you the most people. In my opinion, what's going to get you the better people, again, quality over quantity, like I was saying, if I can find the camera, um, I built my hair business on less than five people quality over quantity it wasn't about like oh i gotta i gotta do this and i gotta learn this new hairstyle and i gotta do this color and da, 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 da. it was like i did this person's hair the way they wanted it exactly how they wanted it and i was consistent in doing it every time that's what people want in music they want something that's good something that they feel connected to um and that's the thing too right like um so there's a conversation to be had about uh bands that um are like unknown or underground or local um, and they're like, oh, these are my guys. Like, um, insert band name here. Those are my guys. I love these guys. And then all of a sudden, they get signed to make it big. And now they're touring. You're like, eh, I, I remember when they were cool. I remember before they knew. Where's the, where's the quality? Where's the, you know, 
what, where was the actual fan base for that? Like, why did you stop following them? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know where I was going with that. But my my point is, my new philosophy on that is do what makes you happy. Um, do what fulfills you um, for your own internal reasons, not trying to um, jump ahead of the curve and guess what everybody else is wanting. Um, Bobby says, original, uh, band of freak. Yes, indeed. Um, so... So right now, as it stands, we're six for original and ten for covers. Um, just thinking, you know, saying this out loud so people have an idea. Uh, Deb Sardis, yep, hands down, my favorite local band, and they're not even freaking local; they're from Joplin. Um, I have no shame in saying that either. Um, Christy Pressler, keep in mind, original bands do cover in their sets too. So, uh, best of both. There, uh, biggest thing is support. Hundred percent agree. My, I'm in an, I'm in both. I'm in cover bands and I'm in an original band. And Death May Die, we write all of our own music. We also play like one or two um, covers in, in an entire night. Like we don't do a lot. It's not even fifty percent. It's not even it, it, it. The percentage is very low. So, um, and that's just to have something exactly like what Kim is saying, so that we're able to have that connection, that like interaction, that sing along, and that kind of thing. Uh, Travis Tuck says, I have done both. They have each have they each have their merits, but I would like to catch uh, some up and comers before they turn into assholes and charge fifty dollars for a thirty minute set. <laughs> I don't know what assholes you're running around with, but fifty dollars for a thirty minute set, yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> but I know I know you're being uh, facetious, and I but I do understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, peep again. It's there's such a philosophy there too with people. Um, not really paying their dues, but thinking they've paid their dues, and therefore it's okay. Now you owe me. <laughs> it's yeah. Tell him get off my lawn. You tell him, Travis. Um, Ashley says, "I will say though, I have been pleasantly surprised by original bands more often than I have been with a cover band." However, I will say I'm a harsh judge, and there's nothing wrong with being a harsh judge. There's nothing wrong with going out and seeing a, an original band, giving them a fair shake, and saying, "You know what? I didn't like their music," or. Um, it's not my favorite genre, or I really like the music that are trying to play, but they fucking suck. There's nothing wrong with that. At least you've tried, and at least that's a good enough reason um, to say, no, eh, that's that's why I prefer cover bands. But just to say, um, well, I don't really know of any, or um, you know, it's it's a crapshoot. Well, of course it's a crapshoot. Any watching anything, watching a movie is a crapshoot. When you go to pay ten dollars, you know, at the at the movie theater and you pay $10 for your popcorn and all this and you're invested in 20 bucks and you sit down and you think this movie is going to be great and you realize it's the fucking shits. It's, it's the same waste of money. Um, and it's, it's original unless it's a crappy remake and then that's your own damn fault. <laughs> um, so Chris says most local cover band members also write their own originals or at least, uh, were in original bands before. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. Um, here's a, another point to that, Chris. Some people don't enjoy the pressure of having to write music, too. Um, some people are good at it, and um, but maybe they've written songs for 20 years, and over that 20 years, they've written 10 songs, and they don't want to be in an original band, and now we have to write new... I have to write that many songs every year versus every 20 years. Um, there's there's pressure on that uh, for some people as well. They don't really, um, don't really want that. Um... Deb says there are some crazy good musicians out there and they're playing in their bedrooms every night. Yep, Deb, and you're one of them. Uh, Richard says, true, there's merit 
and being creative, obviously. I'm just saying it because uh, you said you don't know why people don't talk about originals. Uh, you know, you know, oh, do me. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, I do me. There you go. Yep, I do. I do, I do. Um, I will add, uh, Tammy says, I have come to a, a special place for original bands. Those bands take a chance that the crowd will like their music as much as the band enjoyed creating the music. That's a huge leap of faith, and you've got to respect that 100%. And I appreciate that you recognize that. Kim says, at the end of the day, I want to see a band and see them having uh, just as good of a time playing as I am watching and listening. Yep, 100%. That's definitely the thing. Nobody wants to stand there. Nobody wants to sit there and watch somebody stand and just be a jukebox. That's the reason I have that as my uh, slogan, if you will, for my production company, Sunset Productions. Don't be a jukebox. Be an experience. Um, put it's it's the Kiss philosophy. Put on a show. Um, don't just stand there and, and be a musician. Be be a showman. Um, Scott says Stellar Ascent is an original. Okay. So I'll put that down for, I'm assuming that means you prefer watching original bands. Um, there are a lot of both. I have my favorites. Yep. Uh, shut up, Schneider. You're, <laughs> you blow goats and F <laughs> the chefs. <laughs> the chefs. <laughs> uh, Richard was a young boy. Yep. Chris knows what's up. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to cut it off right there. Uh, as of now, we've got 10 for cover and uh, 7, nope, yep, 7 for original. So, as you can see, just right here in our own little community, um, people like diversity, but more people are more uh, apt to spend their money on something that is a more sure bet, which would be original music. I'm sorry, which would be cover bands. So, there's that. Um, okay, so... Let me jump to these comments. And then I've got another question that I'm going to pose. We'll move on. Um, that's a big factor is the band having fun with each other. Are they interacting? That's why I love Boda so much. They're going to have fun and you know it. Yep. Um, Al says, uh, Tuck's younger years. Meet a girl, write a song, date a girl, write a song, break up with a girl, write a song, be single, write a song. Dang, we could have dropped many an album that summer. <laughs> True. Uh Chris Richard says, Chris and I work my fingers to the bone. Yep. Uh, Tammy says, absolutely right. If the band isn't having fun, no one is. Um, I love seeing interaction between bandmates during the show, talking and joking around, etc. Uh, did mine even find through? I don't know what you mean. Oh, did mine? Yes, your comments came through. Uh, and you're, you, I, I know you're messaging me, but I, I, I ain't gonna, sorry. I'll, I'll have to look at whatever you said after the show. Um, <laughs> it's all I could do to multitask right now. My coffee is absolutely ice cold just because I'm, I'm doing all the talking. I'm used to like other people talking. It gives me a chance to sip on my coffee and, and that kind of thing. So in fact, yeah, I totally jinxed myself. Um, earlier in the show, I said, yeah, I totally drink a pot of coffee plus an extra cup every episode. And uh, I'm only on my second cup. <laughs> so that's how much talking I've been doing. So let me uh, doctor up my second cup here. And we'll move on to our second question right now.
Do you think, oh, let me move this comment. Do you think it's more beneficial to be in a tribute band over a cover band? Okay, now I, I'm aware that everybody might have a different definition of this, so I'm going to give you my definition. It's very easy. A cover band covers anything. It could be a genre. It could be a decade. It could be a combination thereof. A tribute band tributes one act. So a King Diamond tribute band or an Alice in Chains tribute band or a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band or a Tool tribute band or a Heart tribute band or a Fleetwood Mac tribute band. Whatever. That's my difference. That's my definition. Um, so do you think it's more beneficial to be in a band that only um, pays tribute to one act or to a band that does, um, I don't know, a, a variety of covers maybe over um, a different genre or a different decade, that kind of thing? <clears throat> Which do you think is more beneficial and why? Scott says, enjoyed it, buddy. Well, I hope you're not going anywhere, Scott. We still got more to go. Um, Richard Brentner, do you sleep Sunday nights? If you're asking me, uh, yeah, kind of, but you know. <laughs> so after the show's done, what I do is I take the uh, audio-only version and upload it, get ready to, to post the next morning. <clears throat> and then I start editing so I can um, upload stuff on YouTube and that kind of thing. So yeah, uh, I hardly ever get any sleep anymore, it feels like, which is crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly adding more projects to do. So, um, Travis says, stop telling all my secrets, Al. <laughs> uh, cover band more appealing to wider crowds, tribute band more rewarding to a smaller number of folks. A hundred percent. I, that's exactly what my answer would have been. Uh, Brian says cover. Uh, Josh says the window is so narrow for being an original artist. If you're over 30, or don't have the look, the industry is done with you. Being in a cover band seems to be the only outlet for aging rock star hopefuls. Yeah. Uh, it's a sad truth. Uh, I don't even don't even know what to add or to say on that, but that is a, that is a sad truth. Um, Christy says, yes, just look up Tenacious D and you'll see why it's beneficial. There you go. Uh, I like Tribute. I do too, and here's why. Um, as much of a crapshoot as it is um, for either an original or a cover band, it's less of a crapshoot for a tribute band. And here's my opinion why. Um, obviously, they're gonna, you know that they've already put in a lot of work, but the reason they're tributing this person or this act or this band is because they're a massive fan of it. Um, and so therefore, um, it's not just like, oh, I gotta hurry up and learn this new song. They probably have known this song or this catalog, if you will, this discography of this artist for years. So therefore, it's less of a crapshoot. It's more they're more likely that they're going to be really good at it, or at least better than average, better than your average cover band, in my opinion. Al says, we used to get tribute band CDs at the Growl all the time. Weird-ass stuff. I could imagine. I could imagine. Uh, Christy says, uh, they make their tributes their own, but uh, in respect to original. Okay. Uh, Geraldine cover over tribute. Okay. Um, Al says I'm a sucker for cover slash tribute stuff. Trying to get Tuck to do some Neil Diamond. Oh boy, that could be interesting. 
Um, Brenda says, I like them both. Each have their own merits. However, in the long run, a cover band would be more beneficial. Okay. And that's a good, Brenda, you bring up a great point. I do agree and acknowledge that cover bands have more legs, if you will, meaning they can do more shows. They have uh, more longevity to them. Whereas tribute bands, especially here in town, and I don't know why this is, tend to be more of one-off kind of things. I feel like if you're in a tribute band, you should be playing once or twice, three times every year. And you should do that for five or six years and then do something else. Um, and then in 10 years, bring it back for a show. Something like that. Uh, Chris says, cover band, if playing a lot, tribute band is really popular for one or two times a year uh, show. But either way, Travis Tuck, <laughs> Travis Tuck blows oboes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Here we go, Deb says. I'm a huge fan of Madman's Diary. Yep, I know you are. Almost Kiss as well. Yep. These bands kick ass. And for me, it's uh, the work that goes into it. You have to know how to shred to, to Ozzy. Um, I freaking love it. I do too. I just wish that you would turn his amps down a little bit. It's stupid loud. Um, my band, Death May Die, opened for them the first time they were in town. And I, I agree. I absolutely freaking loved him. Great, great stuff and great guys. Um, it gives me a chance to hear the music because if some of them aren't touring anymore or are passed on, you were going to get as close to the original as possible and you know it's going to be good. Yep, 100%. And that should be the goal of any tribute band, right? Is um, to serve a market that... Um, People enjoy the artists that they're attributing, but maybe that artist doesn't make it to, to our area. Maybe they go to Chicago or maybe even if we're lucky, Kansas City or St. Louis, but they would never come to Springfield. Those are the bands that people should be paying tributes to. Um, Dorothy says, um, cover band is more beneficial. Tribute, you have to like really like, like, like them. Um, if you like the music, then it's all good. Again, I think that cover bands do have more legs. Um, so I guess maybe I should stop and say beneficial um, if we're talking about the success of a show, a show. If, if, um, is it more beneficial if you want to have a show and have two to 300 people there? Is it more beneficial for you, do you think, to be in a cover band or a tribute band to fill that venue for that night? Uh, haha, Travis blows hobos, funny. Um, shotgun suckers, a uh, tuck tribute to band to Nirvana. Jeez, woo, man. Uh, Scott says, hard to believe, but fair warning, Van Halen tribute, uh, which will also uh, lead singer Greg Fraser will be on the show next week, has been around for 21 years. 21 years. Um, they may have been the first tribute band in the area. Matter of fact, it was advertised as Van Halen lookalike, not tribute. Interesting. Um, huh. So did you have to dye your hair brown to, to look like Michael Anthony or what, Scott? <laughs> um, you have been live for two hours. Yep, I'm always live for two hours. Um, every Sunday at five. And we go two and a half, two, three. We've gone as much as five, which is stupid. <laughs> so we won't go that. So um, I'm going to, well, nope. Let's ask another one. I've got, I've got I think, six or seven of these that I've got. Um, pose for us and we're now on number three so i will i i see what you're saying and i i'll advance the conversation um do you believe that certain genres of original music tend to gain favor more than others okay so here's a heavy hitter original music here in springfield do you think that some genres or some types of original music um is able to garner or gain more favor than others in other words, what I'm really asking is, um, do you think venues are more apt to 
book a singer-songwriter that does originals over, say, an original country band or an original metal band or an original blues band? What are your thoughts? Uh, Ashley says, I mean, what's, what is your definition of the difference between the two? I feel like uh, you're only covering one band. You could easily move into being a tribute band. Yep. Um, and actually, I already clarified that, but uh, the quick version is exactly that. Tribute band, tribute, I'm sorry, uh, where my camera is. Uh, a tribute band um, pays tribute to one artist. A cover band covers um, multiple artists over a certain period of time is the is the quick answer to that, in my opinion. Um, Dave Gates, Dr. Chavegas says, crazy good uh, Prince tribute that they do always seems to pack out. Um, I've never got to see it, but I've heard so much about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would love to to see it if 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 they do it again. So, um, Brian, original. Um, so again, to reiterate the question, do you believe that certain genres of original music tend to gain favor more than others? Um, again, so full transparency, I'm a metalhead. I play in metal bands. I play in rock bands and that kind of stuff. Um, and I feel like as an original musician that plays in a metal band, I feel like we don't get nearly the opportunity that an original singer-songwriter gets. My band is not new. My band has been around for, like I said, over 12 years. I've been with them for over 10. Um, now, granted, we've had great, great opportunities. We've opened for a lot of national acts. We've played with a lot of uh, fellow musicians here in Springfield that are fantastic and have phenomenal bands. Um, but we play in the same places to the same people all the time. So, again, my question is, do you think that certain genres of original music tend to gain favor more than others, meaning uh, gain favor through the venues or the promoters or the bookers or the owners, etc.? Um, Brenda says, oh, absolutely. Rock seems to me the most favorable. Favorable, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do just obviously with popularity. Um, rock in general and wherever... Um, my notes that's what's reflected in my episodes too um just right here on the show the episodes that i do of rock rate way higher than my episodes of country i love both i enjoy both i know a lot of you guys enjoy both but numbers are numbers you know and that's how a bar owner or a promoter or a booker is going to look at it as well um dorothy if you love music it doesn't matter either um or who i listen to yeah no i agree um, just trying to, um, again, kind of bring circles of, of people here in Springfield as musicians together, um, and, and answer some of these questions that maybe people are afraid to ask or haven't asked or don't know how to ask or, um, on what platform to ask. So just trying to, um, kind of flush out some ideas and some thoughts, I guess, with everybody. Depends on the crowd. I think that country bands and metal bands get booked more often than others. Places like Lindbergh's would pick a country band. Really? Um, or a blues band over others because, in my opinion, their crowds tend to like that stuff more. But the Outland is going to pick up metal band all day, every day. Yep. But but that is exactly what I just said, too, though. Um, that's kind of the downside is um, then you get the same band at the same place all the time. Like, wouldn't you love to see Death May Die play at Shuffle? Wouldn't you love to see Death May Die play at The Riff? Wouldn't you love to see Death May Die play on commercial street at some festival or something i mean like where where's that cross promotion rock is what chris schneider says yep 
Uh, singer-songwriters seem to do well in our area. I, I agree, and I think this is the top answer, in my opinion. Singer-songwriters seem to do well in our area because it's part of our roots. Uh, that whole sit on your porch with a guitar and sing your songs feel, as far as other genres of original groups, really one of, really the ones who do the best are going to be with the current national trends. A lot of hardcore groups do well because it's popular right now. It's a very good point. Very good point, Dave. Um, it is it is part of our roots um, as far as you know the sit down on your porch and that kind of thing, and I totally get that. Um, it's just a shame too. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I don't have an answer for this. this is why I'm posing this. Um, I wonder why that. I mean, I get the. I get that it's part of your roots, but I just wonder why that is because I know that so many people here in Missouri and in the Springfield area even support so many different kinds of art, meaning art walk, meaning um, you know all the different uh, apple cider days and just all the different artsy fartsy kind of stuff that happens around town. Um, but some of the, the um, art and original art music um it's kind of like shoved under the rug like eh, i don't really let's not pay attention to them let's acknowledge them but let's you know that kind of thing um so again and i know it's it's business and numbers and yada 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 but man there should be more um i i guess what i'm really getting at is i have mixed feelings about like the ballroom being known as a metal bar southbound being known as a country bar um archie's being known as a cover band bar etc like where is the variety um chris says i think the country scene is really coming out strong around here i i do agree with that um very much so chris there's and there's some really good country acts that i've worked with in the past year or two um that i've ran sound forward production and whatnot and there are some really really good bands around the area that's coming up in country um al says i like i like how spring patch has a lot of good stuff going on around yep they do uh, i would love to see dmd play anywhere anytime i miss the hell out of you guys M miss you too ashley and I'll be damned if we don't miss playing. <laughs> uh, I like Red Dirt Country. Yep, uh, totally not my thing. I know there's a huge market for it, and um, I think it's an itch that needs to be scratched. There's a lot of people that enjoy it. Um, again, there's like one mega place to go and see that here in Springfield, and that's beyond me why there's only one. There are no bad bands, says Scott. <laughs> Totally fair. Totally fair. Okay, so I've got some other questions. I've got some even uh, more poignant questions, if you will. Um, but I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll get on to some more questions in just a couple seconds. Musicians, do your shows need that extra layer of fun and excitement? Wow your fans with next-level production. Let Sunset Productions help you up your game. We can create custom and unique sound, lighting, and video packages designed just for you and your budget. Let's work together and give our community the shows they deserve. Contact Jared Isaacs and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Sunset Productions. Don't be a jukebox. Be an experience. All right. Sunset Productions. Don't be a jukebox. Be an experience. If you have any um, live streaming or production needs, hit me up. Um, okay, so Kim says, I will say, in my again, in my opinion, uh, a lot of rock music comes across as not family friendly. The festivals you mentioned almost always have music. 
Why do you feel that rock music comes across as not family friendly? I'm interested to know more about that. Ooh, Deb Klein says, that's a tough one. I think the metal bands get pushed aside, but metal isn't for everyone. I totally agree. Um, and I'm not talking like hard rock. I'm talking screamo, headbanging, mosh pit stuff. Uh, I even more strongly agree. Um, I don't think that there are many country bands either being in the Bible belt. Um, you would think there would be. I know the metal guys have a hard time playing anywhere other than downtown because, frankly, the usual crowds can't handle it. Um, Crave had a wide variety when they ha were open, but most bars have a certain picture of... And then I can't see the rest. Sorry. My, my little app here only lost so much. Um, so hang on, because I'm going to jump on and, and find out what you stay in. I'll come back to that. I'm waiting, waiting for it to load on my, my little phone here. Um, Richard Brantner says, Chris just discovered Tyler Child, Childers? Childers? There you go. Scott Henry, don't be a jukebox, be an experience. That, that's, that's it, man. And you know, you know what it's all about. Uh, Chris says, Richard, love him. Oh, excuse me. Richard Brantner, love him. I'm a big Creed Fisher fan. Uh, I don't know who Creed Fisher is, but I'm a big Creed fan, and I am not ashamed to say it. Creed rocked. If you don't think so, you're wrong. Uh, potty mouth musicians like Sam Alama. <laughs> oh, as as why uh, why you think Kim thinks they're not as uh, family friendly? That could be. That could be. Okay, um, so I've got another question here. Here we go. Um, Dorothy says, I'd rather not listen to country music at a bar, but I do in my car. That's fair. Um, okay, so do you think the majority, or rather the average local band, is worth, say, a $5 cover charge? So we were talking earlier about quality over quantity. Do you think that the majority, or the average, that would dart at a board at, at a local band, are they worth paying $5 to go see? Easy question. Yes or no? Richard Brentner says yes. Um, Deb says, I said bars have a certain picture of what bands... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. They do. Um, and there, Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that either, right? There's nothing wrong with a, a, um, a venue. I, I pointed out to Southbound for Country and, and Outland for Metal. There's nothing wrong with branding your business that way. In fact, I think it's it's not dumb um, to to be known for something. That's not dumb at all. Um, I just wish there was more places that offered more variety. That's all I mean. Um, okay, so good, 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 good. Um, Brenda says yes. Brian says yes. Terry says I think paying five dollars uh, for any band is better than listening to a jukebox. There you go. Um, Chris Hansen, $5, yes. No more than 10 unless they uh, are supporting touring band. Okay, Chris, why is that? Why, why are you capping it at 10? Um, that's okay, Ashley. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit behind and missing some stuff because I'm playing Call of Duty while I listen. Oh, man. Hope you're not getting your ass kicked. <laughs> okay, Ashley says definitely uh, the, the average or the majority bands uh, here are worth $5. Okay. Uh, $5 is a, is cheap for any night out. Yes. 
I agree. And whenever I went back, that's exactly what I was saying with the uh, going to a movie theater analogy. That's an easy 20 bucks right there for even less time to be entertained than it is to go and watch a band. Uh, Dave says, I think bands should set their own value. People pay to see a movie. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, people see to, uh, pay to see a movie that they've never watched before. 10 bucks plus way over price consent. I mean, verbatim, this is exactly the same thing I'm saying. I so agree with you, Dave. Um, 10 bucks plus way overpriced concessions. So I think as long as we, uh, as long as all original acts set the market at $10 cover, then, um, it would become the norm exactly. And that's exactly leading to, uh, what I believe is my next question somewhere in my notes. I had these written out. Yes. Uh, so this is leading up to what my next question is going to be spot on answer, Dave. Love it. Respect it. Um, uh, Dorothy says she would pay $5. Yep. Um, uh, Dave says people wouldn't think it's overpriced if it was set. Yes. Um, <laughs> Al says, no, Ashley, Tony Hawk 1 and 2. Um, I would say neither. I would say Red Dead Redemption 2, but the servers totally suck still. Yep, that's my, that's my jam. Uh, Brian says, I would pay for a local band before I go to the movies. I love that. Uh, Scott says, first time I saw sticks was $2.50. A year later, they had skyrocketed to 6 bucks. Who do they think they were? The Beatles? <laughs> uh, I agree with you and Dave 100%. Yep. Um, okay, so basically what this is, the reason I asked that is that's a, um, it's kind of a meter, a, de a determining factor that as much as people are like, Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't. It's it's a crapshoot, or it's a shot in the dark on if it's worth my money. You've got almost every person that's commented. There's not been one person say, "Oh, I wouldn't." Not every band is worth five dollars. They're saying yes. Every every the majority of the average band is worth five dollars. So therefore, your crapshoot isn't that much of a crapshoot. Fair. Um, Ashley says, "I'm waiting for a Tony Hawk remaster." <laughs> okay. Uh, so now I'm going to go ahead and advance to our next question that kind of piggybacks off of this. And this is exactly what Dave was setting up. Should any local band play at any level, play a show with no cover? Should any local band at any level play a show with no cover? Setting the value. Um, Deb says... Cover prices have not really changed that much. Uh, I agree. It was three dollars, three dollars and thirty cents. Oh, three dollars thirty years ago. Uh, inflation, people. You pay six to eight for or whatever for a beer. Why not pay that for your entertainment? Exactly, and that's exactly right. Like prices have not gone up that much for local music, and people complain about it more now than ever. Um, which isn't a factor of the price it's a factor of exactly what dave is saying it's a it's a factor of the value that that we've set um paying ten dollars is fine as with me as long as i can hear this uh as long as i don't hear the same old music every single time yep i agree um ten dollars I, I will pay ten dollars if it's if it feels special um I, and i think that's only fair dave says only if a bar is setting a minimum minimum Richard Brantner, if they want to. Uh, Richard, do you think that, that hurts the overall community? Do you think that that hurts them um, as a band and, and their own value 
or the value of everywhere else um, and everybody else? Or do you think it's meh? It doesn't, one, one doesn't affect the other. Scott says, Bruce has never changed at Archie's. And how many bars have come and gone as he keeps rolling on? How many bars have come and gone as he keeps rolling on? Uh, yep. So, Scott, are you for free shows or are you against free shows? Um, Dorothy says, if the bar owner is paying the band and they're hoping to make it back on liquor and some. Um, yeah. But that, so this question is kind of more towards um, the average concert goer. Um, my, my, what I'm getting at is, are we creating a habit in which people that go and watch live music are used to not paying for a cover? And so when somebody says, hey, it's $5 or it's $7 to come see us. Well, actually, we'll just stick with five. If it's $5 to come see us and then, you know, they look around and there's 10, 15 people there. And everybody in this comment section has said, yes, the average band is worth $5. On behalf of them, they're asking, why aren't you putting your money where your mouth is? Um, and I, as, as kind of the middleman in that, am saying, are we, are we rocking the boat by having bands play for free? Are we, are we um, undervaluing or um, usurping our own value as a local music community um, by having bands that play free shows? Uh, Terry says, if a band wants, to, wants their name out there, they may want to play without a cover, but personally, I would pay a cover just to see if I like them. Yep. Again, so this goes to what I was saying earlier. This is a benefit to having more than one band on a show. Um, again, no more than four. Three is plenty. Um, that's my philosophy. That's always been my philosophy. Um, okay, here we go. Um, Ashley says, uh, no band should be forced to play for free since a lot of times the door is what they take home. If they choose to play for free show, that's on them. Correct. I'm not asking, I'm, to clarify, I'm not asking about what the band makes. I'm asking what the people coming to see them pay. So I'm not asking about guarantees or versus doors or any. I'm talking about when, when John Doe goes to see a band, um, are other bands, how, are other bands um, usurping the market, if you will, by having John Doe not have to pay a cover charge to see their band? And then John Doe gets used to, oh, local music in Springfield, I can go watch for free. Um, and then by nature, he's watching bands that are lower and lower on the on the playing field or whatever you want to say. I don't know what word I want to use. Um, I'm trying to be somewhat politically correct here. But the bands that aren't as talented, I'll just say it, um, are going to end up being what are, are in that area, mostly. Um and then when you've got the bands that are really good that are charging 10, 15, 20 bucks, John Doe is accustomed now to not having to pay that. And so therefore 10 to 20 bucks is outrageous. It's astronomical. It's way too much. Uh, versus what Dave is saying, if we pay, if every band is always a five or a $10 cover, people are used to paying a five or a $10 cover, then it's not that big of a deal for John Doe to pay five or 10 bucks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Dave says $10 cover with production, like what Sunset provides. Um, is what I'm talking about. I am not talking about every band going up and playing a show without actually giving them a show that devalues an act. In my opinion, groups should invest in their own stage production. Yep, I agree. And um, that's the exact reason, to be honest with you, Dave, that Sunset Productions came to be because I invested in my band that I was in 
um, by by adding production. And I just kept upgrading and upscaling. And and finally, I was like, man, I could do something more with this. And so I offer it to other bands. It's, that, it's that, literally that simple. Uh, Chris says, yes and no. <clears throat> yes, special events, charities, and so forth. Uh, cover charge doesn't make the bands rich, just uh, able to be sustainable. I agree. So I, I, okay, so I guess maybe I took that too harshly um, that, you know, you wouldn't see a band if they were saying, uh, well, 15 bucks and it's some special something or another. And you're like, nope, ain't doing it. <laughs> so I got you. I got you. Um, Kim says, not everyone is going to the bar for a band. Uh, I think it's up to the band. It's the way uh, to get people in to see them to show or God dang. Not everyone is going to a bar for a band. I think it is up to the band. It is way, it's a way to get people in to see a show or in a new venue. Interesting. Not everyone is going to a bar for the band. I have mixed feelings about that. Because, and here's why. It depends on what time. Fair? Um, you're not, you don't care about a band playing if you're going on happy hour. You're going to the bar because it's a bar. Maybe it's close to your work or maybe it's close to your home or maybe it's something you just feel comfortable with or you just want to go where everybody knows your name. Then it doesn't matter about a band. But if you're going to a bar and you show up at 9 or 9.30, I'm sorry, I'm going to say that 90, 95% of the time, you are there for the band, not for the venue. So, don't know about that. Deb says, that depends on the band. Are they getting a guarantee or benefits? Or are they just wanting to party and play? Um, yeah, but my question is, is that devaluing other bands that don't want to just party and play? Um, Richard says, obviously, you have music lovers here. We understand the value of music. <clears throat> Paying a cover isn't a big deal. I paid eight last night. And if, if they're getting paid... I don't see a problem with it if it helps uh, get people in the door. I agree. I agree. That, and that's, that's kind of my point is um, if people aren't, if it's no big deal to pay five bucks or eight bucks or whatever bucks, um, then let's do it. Let's not, that's, I, I don't know. To a certain extent, I think that it's good to play a show for free um, to get you exposure and stuff. But at the same time, I think it's kind of shitty to do that to the bands that, um, work their ass off to to create a following and stuff and again it goes back to the relationship that's formed between the band and the bar um where you're helping each other um and then it becomes a not a lose-lose but just not a win-win scenario for everybody involved by doing free shows i'm I, it's it's neither here nor there it's it's just kind of a open-ended question i guess is really kind of the the thing with this um Uh, Chris Hansen says, SS, a musician, I like cover. Oh, as a musician, I like covers. As a fan, I like free. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, Brian says, depending on the circumstances, uh, I think your name out there would be necessary. Terry says, I really uh, should charge a cover. Uh, they really should charge a cover, though. Have a minimum for unknowns and a charge more for better bands that bring a crowd. We get what we pay for most of the time, and people need to learn that, I think. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, there are bands that are very good that have played free shows that probably shouldn't have. My, my point to that is, 
I think that hinders their future growth is my bottom line on this is, is probably really what I'm getting at. Uh, Richard Brantner, people will say, people will pay a cover for a band that's great over a free band with less talent. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, if you don't put a value on your establishment, then uh, the patrons will think it has no value. Yep. Now we're getting, now we're getting there. Um, they should be paid. It costs money to put on shows. I agree. I agree, Deb. Um, I I agree that a band should always get paid. There sh bands shouldn't have to, should not have to pay to play, and should not be playing for free. Again, I'm asking about the people coming to see the show. If they should have to pay. Um, if I go to a bar for music, not for the bar. There you go. Um. Ashley says, I think it's a good tactic, but yes, it hurts the scene as a whole. I know you're not talking about um, take home, but that's exactly how you, exactly like you said, if someone gets used to going to shows for free, they're just, uh, they're not going to pay $10 to see a no name band. Yep. Now, and, and I will, you know, to give a lot of the people here in the comments benefit, I, I will say that $10 for a no name band is too much for our area. I, I do think that. $10 should be for an established band that um, has has a good um, following. Uh, Dorothy says, I'm nodding my head agreeing uh, those poor drummers. <laughs> uh, Brian, how's it going, buddy? Brian says, uh, I think it depends on the band. If, uh, if they're willing to pay for play for free, then that's what they want to do. Again, I'm not asking about what the band is getting paid. I'm asking for the people coming to see the band, what they're paying. Um, as far as are they paying a cover or is it a no cover charge show? Um, I think it shouldn't hurt the more established band. Yep. Um, Dave says, if everyone agrees on a set market value, it will build the crowds. Now, uh, the person that paid 10 bucks is more likely to stay and get their dollars worth, um, as well as the, uh, in the meantime, buying more drinks. It's really a win-win for everyone. You'll also see more quality acts because the bar isn't just booking anyone and everyone now. Dave, again, spot on exactly what I'm trying to say. Chris says, newer bands can get away with free shows um, to get their name out. Um, plus, not many people uh, will pay $10 or more for a new un unknown band. I think you're exactly right. And my rebuttal to that is exactly what I was saying earlier, which I don't know if you were here for that. But this is the part where bands that are established, okay, um, need to take those bands under their wing for a show. I'm not saying like, oh, we need to, they need to open for us for the next year or the next six months. No, screw that. Um, have them open for a show or two. That's all I'm asking. Um, and that's how you get exposure to your band that um, uh, doesn't have a name. Uh, hello, when you, go to, when you go to watch Iron Maiden, uh, who opens for them? Somebody that you know, somebody that you know, but um, is kind of lesser known. And the opening for the whole show is somebody you've probably never even heard of. That's the exact same formula. It's just on a local level. So um, that's that's my point is um, like what Dave is saying, get the, get the average concert goer used to paying five bucks. I'll even go with five bucks. Um, and then you see two or three bands. The first band is an opening you probably never even heard of. It's them to be able to get exposure. Yes, they're getting paid. Um, it's just that's not what the uh, the patron or the, the person going to the bar that's not who they're coming to see. It's it's well known. Everybody that's playing has that um, same understanding. They're not coming to see the opening band. Um, they are going to be exposed to the opening band, um, but therefore they're not undermining the um, local 
live music value. Uh, John Doe is still paying his five dollars, and he's still getting to see uh, his his band that he wanted to see for five dollars. And now he's getting exposed to a new band that he may absolutely hate. He may think these guys fucking suck, and he might think, "Wow, these guys are really good. I need to go tell somebody because." They deserve, you know, more people to know. Like, man, I, I'm excited for people to hear these guys. Um, that's how you how you expose new bands or bands that you know is the crapshoot that people don't know if they want to spend their money on. Have them open for you. It's that simple. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, pay them, pay them fifty bucks or pay them whatever, um, and then uh, help help give them exposure. Um, Chris says, "I have no problem paying cover." There you go. Uh, cartoons and its heyday was packed every Friday and Saturday because they had cons- uh, consistently quality music. They could charge a $10 minimum without batting an eye because it was always a quality night out. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, but uh, go back to your fourth word in its heyday. Now, obviously, <laughs> current circumstances and you know the fact that it physically doesn't even exist anymore. I get that. But what about like the last two or three years? You know? Um, I wasn't that way per se. According to what you're saying in your comment, it was better known back then for exactly what we're talking about, but not so much um, towards the end of its run. Um, Brian says, I go to the bars for the bands not to drink. I'm a piss poor alcoholic. <laughs> uh, Brian says, I'd love to play um, one for free just to play one. Damn, I'm really ready to play. I feel you, brother. I feel you. Um Scott says the Raven Age opened the last time I saw Maiden. They were Steve Harris, bass player, son's band. There you go. Now, granted, um, even though you know who Scott, uh, I'm sorry, who uh, uh, Steve Harris is and you know who his son is, doesn't mean you know his band per se. So that was um, the that was what Maiden did to give exposure to Steve Harris's son's band was to take him under their wing and to help give him exposure. Um, uh, his it. To me, that's just the proper way to do it. It's not about charging $10 for a band that you don't know and taking a crapshoot. Um, that in itself is killing the market because um, you're you're expecting people to pay too much for too little of a guarantee. Um, Terry says, if a band isn't good enough, um, at least go, at least, to at least get a $5 cover, they need to stay in a garage a little longer. Um, I've never seen a band not worth at least five bucks, even if I don't like the genre. Totally, totally, totally agree with that. Um, oh, go somewhere. Um, and <laughs> the wrong button. Anyway, um, I, I do. I totally agree with that. Um, very seldom do I feel like this band isn't even worth five dollars. If I feel like that, um, I will say that that's on them. They need to. They need to do more homework. So, um, on to our next question, then, guys. Um, what about other local bands makes you want to go and support them and see their shows? So now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. What about other local bands makes you want to go to their shows and support them? What is it for you personally? Is it, um, you like their merch? or you like their vibe, or you love the way they sound, or you love their energy on stage. What is it about you? And I know that a lot of the people watching right now are musicians. So um, as a musician, and I mean, I, I'm a musician, and um, it's easy to fall into that elitist kind of uh, train of thought. 
Um, man, I'm trying to think of how I can word this. Um, it's so easy to 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 say, um, oh well, I'm better than them. I don't want to support them, or I don't want to. So the bands that you do support, the bands that you do like, what about them? Do you like? What about them makes you want to support them and not have that elitist attitude, I guess. Scott says they are friends and good players and good people. There you go. Um, here Now we're getting into some good stuff. Um, Chris says uh, share the struggle, camaraderie, music, and friendship. Yep. Um, the uh, camaraderie and the share of the struggle are major factors in that for sure. That's That's a strong standpoint, Chris. Good point. Um, it's that we're all in it together, um, whether there's, and that's a big thing for us in the metal scene, right? Like whether there's, um, five people at our show or whether there's 200 people at our show, we're still there for one another. There's not any of that, um, um, out, you know, survival is fittest and, um, one band has an advantage over another. It's, it's all for one. Um, Josh says, I saw attendance start to drop when gas prices started going up. Then they changed management several times and brought anyone on their stage. Um, patrons did not know what they were going to get, and that hurt their business. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Chris says, I like to see what's out there, uh, how other bands interact with the crowd, or what songs uh, and genres get the crowd moving. Uh, that's exactly what I enjoy too, Chris. Um, is It's kind of a uh, market research, if you will. Um, what are other bands doing between songs or um, you know, do they sell merch or where's their merch table located and, um, what songs do the crowd sing along with and that kind of thing. Totally get that. And that's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, yeah. And Josh says the fire didn't help either. <laughs> True. Uh, Ashley said ex the experience, the music is good. The band, uh, has high energy stage presence and their fans can't be shitty. I will admit I like ICP, but their fans suck. So I won't be going to see them live anytime soon. Can relate. Brian says, people, um, uh, people, they spend time, um, people, people, they spend time with the audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave says, um, friend of friends normally, and just getting to know each other person, uh, getting Jesus and just knowing each person being there, uh, will help build for the next one down the road. So more on the, um, sense of community there. Um, Ryan says, mutual respect and love of the music. It's always awesome to become friends with locals. I'd rather wear local merch over established bands any day. There you go. Uh, Richard says, socializing. And a band that I'm currently in needs another player. Hmm, networking. Um, LOL, obviously, for me, it's a vibe and a passion. If you're good, folks, it's a bonus. Friendship, yep. Um, and I'll go ahead and do our shameless promotion and piggyback off of what Richard Brantner is saying, I think. If not, oh well. Uh, Richard is uh, the guitar player in my metal cover band, and uh, we would like to have two guitar players. So if you're a guitar player and you're a fan of metal covers, uh, kind of the major hits, sort of say, um, let me know. Let me know. Just saying. Let me know. Um, crap, now I lost my spot. Okay. Um, Terry says, uh, I'll support a local band uh, just because I want to see a bigger music scene and have more options for us music lovers and more freedom for the bands. I personally will tend to check out a band if I've heard uh, was good I and may have a friend in the group. Uh, I'll also go see, I'll also go if there might be hot chicks there. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. 
Al says, I've always supported Tuck because I've always thought he has talent. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, how can you deny the talent uh, of the of the red pleather pants too? Am I right? Uh, Dave says, hey, Ashley. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> well, ICP action for you there. Um, Lana says, for me, it's about the energy and the love of the music. Being married to a musician has helped me have a high level of respect for the extra work these people put into their craft and passion. Most of the men and women have full-time jobs and do this on the side. Yes, very true. Um, Al says, I don't have a look of musical talent, but I got connections and, and business savvy. That goes a long ways. Uh, Jay, I'm getting you hooked on phonics for your next birthday. I'm telling you, I need freaking, I need to bring my screen closed is what I really need to do. Um, Josh says, the industry told me the more important, the, <laughs> damn it, Ashley. Uh, Josh says, the industry told me the important thing is to be young and sexy. Uh, so that must be the answer. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, um, let's keep it moving. Do you feel it's hard to find, here you go, Richard. Do you feel it's hard to find other people to play with or form bands together with here in the Springfield area or in your area, wherever you may live? Uh, Dan sa Daniel says, buy my PA speakers. I'm moving and can't take them with. Gee, Dan, uh, what speakers are you talking about? <laughs> you must be talking about the SP1s. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, you're killing me. You're putting on all the pressure. I'm telling you too, part of it is like, I'm so used to not having to talk this much. I'm, you know, other people on the show and they kind of talk and I'm able to like, you know, take a drink and yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to find an excuse. I don't know. <laughs> uh, not at all. Uh, well, that's good to know, Brian. Um, I have to say, I feel kind of differently on that. Um, Deb says music people are different than your average person. Most people I know have, I have met through music, whether through my band pages or met at a show music family. Brian says, I'm out for this question. <laughs> That's fair. Yep. I understand. Not everybody here, uh, watching tonight, um, is a musician. So I get that. And that's totally fair. Um, those of us that are musicians, do you find it's hard to find people to play with? Uh, Chris says, yes, there are a lot of great people and musicians locally, but just as many flakes. They want the rewards without the work. Exactly what I was saying at the, at the towards the beginning of the show. Um, nobody wants to put in all the work in all the areas that it takes um, to make a band successful. Uh, God, yes. Too many damn guitar players in this town. Preach it, Ashley. Preach it. <laughs> uh, what Chris said. Yeah, so many, so many guitar players. Um, Daniel says PV, uh, SP1G. Yes, a pair. Also, I tend to stick with people that I know and have played with in regards to starting a new project. Um, why do you try to tend what, or why do you tend to try to stay with the same people? Is it just because you know, they're reliable or is it because of a comfort level kind of thing? Um, because if it's a comfort level thing, um, I challenge that. I wonder, I wonder why that is for you. And I ask that because for me personally, I'm not that way. So, um, Terry says, it's hard for me to find people just because a lot of us metal guitarists are getting old. 
there is a geriatric is there a geriatric metal band looking yes right here um terry if you want to play second guitar uh uh rhythm and leads um back and forth on different songs and i'm dead serious hit me up because my band is looking I like how this is turned into a classified section. I'm all for it. I love it. Um, Al says, I've done my part trying to connect people with people. And people like you, people like Deb Al, are so um, appreciated in, in scenarios like that. And I know Deb has done a, a great job. Um, both Deb Klein and Deb Shelton have done great jobs of uh, helping peace bands together. So good, good on you. Uh, yes, I totally agree says ryan ryan how's it going buddy i haven't talked to you in forever man um uh, richard says i think it's the nature of smaller market uh the nature of a smaller market to find people with similar taste at least for people that are open-minded enough to go with it they have uh to be on a similar level musically as well so yeah it's it starts to get hard to find people to work with uh then finding them uh, without an ego and trauma that's a, a valid point and we know we've been there before <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's hard to find people on your level um and i don't and i'm i'm not speaking about just playing level i'm spot i'm speaking on the level of understanding what it takes to make a band successful again all all the points that we've hit tonight uh promoting marketing etc that kind of stuff um bass players will always have work chemistry is very important strong strong point um, Daniel says, uh, because of comfort, comfortability and reliability, um, I played with several people and each have their own talent levels and pocket of experience, expertise, uh, whether it is metal, funk, blues, etc. I know who I will call for each genre. That's more like what I do too. Um, if I'm wanting to play an input genre here. Yep. I, I get that Daniel. Um, and Chris says, uh, not for a cover band, but definitely for a original band. And, and I get that too. I think that's a totally valid point. I will say though, um, I think it depends on the genre of the cover band um, and, and getting people to, uh, to play. So, okay guys, well, that's all I've got for my questions. Um, is there anything else before we jump off of here um, and call it a show? Uh, is there anything else that's on your mind? Any other questions you have? Any other thoughts or um, anything you want to expand upon that we've discussed tonight? Um, let me know now's your chance. Um, and while you're doing that, I will remind you again, somewhere around here, right here, I've got uh, my cheat sheet for upcoming shows. Uh, so again, next weekend is our Van Halen episode where we do our third installment of Classic Album Clash, 5150 versus 1984. Um, and we will have Jeff Ward from the Dirty Saints and Greg Frazier from, um, let's see here, Fair Warning, uh, the dropouts, I think, still. Um, I said it earlier. Now I've forgotten. Um, Useful idiot, the Tool tribute band. Um, he's he's got his hands full with all kinds of projects. Uh, so that's next week. The week after that is our uh, second tournament of champions, where we're doing TV theme shows, um, and we'll have uh, Charles House and our very own down here in the uh, comment section, uh, Brian Betancourt will be joining us in. Uh, the Tournament of Champions episode for uh, TV theme songs. So that should be a good one. And then we've got other shows. I've got uh, stuff booked all the way until uh, the beginning of October. So uh, we've got some really good stuff coming up. We've got, um, I know a lot of you guys have been asking about hair bands. 
Uh, we haven't done anything on disco or funk. Um, so we've got we've got so many things coming down um, the over the next several weeks, uh, and it's going to be really good stuff. I'm so so looking forward to this. Um, I'm I'm this little piece of paper right here is on yellow for a reason. It's gold. Um, there's some really good stuff. Really good stuff coming up, man. Um, <laughs> Jeff said Greg is a tool. Yep, I agree. Um. Uh, Brian says, I agree with Josh. It's easier because I'm a bassist. Uh, that's totally fair. Uh, Deb says, yes, similar people. Do they have uh, the same taste? Age seems to play a factor with some. Um, dang it. I wish I knew what you're talking about. I can't wait for next week's show. Me neither! Um, oh yes, 5150. There you go. Well, by golly, Brian, join us next week. We've got some, uh, we're going to put our dukes up, man. Uh, we're going to ease the seat back. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. Might as well jump, jump. Uh, yes, the dropouts. Youthful idiot is fantastic. Okay. Um, Daniel has a good question. Um, what is your opinion on COVID meets cover bands primarily playing at various bars and venues that don't uh, suggest wearing masks and or social distancing? Okay. Um, um, first of all, let me, let me ask you this before I answer this, Daniel. Um, why are you specifying this to only cover bands? Is that because that's kind of what you see playing out right now? Not so much originals, or why did you form that around cover bands? Just curious. But I will answer your question. Um, grunge. Tool cover band? Tell me more. Uh, tune in next week, Richard, and you'll hear all about it um, whenever we do our little interview with uh, Greg Frazier. It's good stuff. It really is. And um, I believe that uh, Kevin Underwood from HTW is a guitar player in the band. Okay. Um, waiting to hear from Daniel about why he's specifying this um, on cover bands about my opinion on COVID. Okay, uh, here we go. Yep. Uh, just what I've seen as a whole, I see more cover bands and originals uh, playing recently. Okay, gotcha. So here's here's my the re I'll go in reverse. The reason you've probably seen more cover bands and originals uh, play is because original bands don't draw as many people as um, cover bands. Now I know what your initial thought on that probably is. Well, isn't that a good thing for right now? <laughs> probably. However, you've got to you've got to keep in mind that um, bands aren't the only one in businesses that are hurting right now. Um, as much as we miss playing, bars miss making the money that they're used to making. So therefore, if ouch, um, if a bar is able to um, have a show and it's on limited capacity, it's easier for them to say, okay, well, we can sell 50 tickets tonight um, and they're going to charge 20 bucks. First of all, everybody in the comment section has already confirmed that they didn't want to necessarily pay $20 to see an original band. Um, there are, in my opinion, bands that are worth watching twenty dollars, 
Um, not, and I'm not saying a band. I'm saying a show. So a mixture of different bands. Um, people are more likely to pay 10 or 20 bucks to go and see that. Well, therefore, that creates more of a guarantee for a bar owner um, to book a cover band where that uh, guarantee is more there versus an original band. So that's why you've seen more cover bands, in my opinion. Um, as far as my opinion on um, uh, what what is your opinion on COVID meets cover bands primarily, playing at various bars and venues that don't suggest wearing a mask or social distancing. Okay. Um, I'll just be totally honest. My opinion is uh, do whatever makes you feel like you're doing the right thing. Um, if you feel that you should be socially distanced and wear a mask, be socially distant and wear a mask. If you think it's all a total bunch of fucking bullshit, believe that, but respect the people that don't. Um, meaning, don't be all up in people's faces talking without a mask. Um, don't, on on the contrary, um, if you are somebody that believes in wearing a mask and you see somebody that doesn't, don't go out of your way to be a fucking douchebag to them. Um, it, it's about respect at the end of the day. Um, I Somewhere around here in my office, I have a, a, a list of words that I hate and don't want said on the show. Um, those words include something like unprecedented, unprecedented, uncertain, um, that kind of thing. Like, I, God, I hate those words. I'm so fucking tired of hearing those. But that's exactly what they are. Um, so it's hard to know right now, one way or the other, who's right, who's wrong. End of the day, it really kind of doesn't matter. It's about respect. Um, and my point is you shouldn't go out of your way to disrespect somebody for their belief that it's all bullshit and you shouldn't go out of your way to disrespect somebody that thinks this is totally legit. Um, therefore stay six feet away, um, wear your mask if you can't, um, that kind of thing. I, I don't, my opinion is if a bar is able to be open outside of city limits or outside of whatever jurisdiction, whatever law, whatever ordinance, um, and they're able to stay open. I can't be mad at that, man. Um, do I think it's unfair? Sure. I can go with that. But man, at the end of the day, Daniel, they're running a business, man. Um, if they've got an advantage to some other bar, um, and they're able to be open because some ordinance doesn't make them do that. That's just a business advantage. I'm sorry. It just is. Um, so I, my, my personal opinion is this. I am, I've come up with this term. Feel free to use it. I am what I call mask gnostic, meaning I don't know for sure. Yes, it's helping or no, it's just all bullshit and lies. Um, my point is I'm going to do what I can to stay safe, uh, to stay sanitary, and to be respectful of people on both sides of the of the argument. That's my opinion. Um, that's not a, I'm not trying to be political with that answer. That is legit just my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, Al says there should be um, a show about local stuff from uh, like 25 years back. Go Hammock. Okay. I don't know who Hammock is, but um, <laughs> um, sorry, I was reading comments. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who Hammock is, but I'm all for it. If if there's uh, 
bands that were around 25 years ago and they still have members that are in the area and are able to, I'm all for it. I would love to see shows. Uh, uh, and and for somebody like myself, who's only been in Springfield now for 17 or 18 years, um, I didn't get to see some of the bands from 25 years ago. I don't even know who they are. Uh, so it would be a treat for me. Uh, uh, whether that's here or Lake of the Ozarks or elsewhere. Fair. Fair. Um, <clears throat> Chris says, I sometimes think music is what happened. To, uh, I sometimes think music is what happened to the scene. Like the 80s, the music was more party rocking uh, about girls and fun. Then came the 90s. It was more about being wasted out of your mind on heroin or such. Uh, 2000s, uh, music became lamish, no direction, and so on. Maybe why 80s style cover bands do better in general. Uh, that's fair. It's it's it is more of a party vibe kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> I will you know play devil's advocate to that, um, Chris. That's also a part of uh, the, that's a time frame that you grew up. For me, I grew up in the '80s and '90s. So for me, going and watching a '90s cover band does the same kind of thing. Even though for you, being old enough to recognize that in that scene they were all wasted on heroin, I didn't get that at the time. Um, I didn't know, you know insert name here was on heroin i just knew that i enjoyed their music now as an adult i grew to know oh really huh i'll be damned they're you know wasted out of their gourd uh, but i didn't know that at the time so for me it doesn't bring those memories but for you it would and i understand that uh richard brantner wear a mask or don't it's up to you i agree <laughs> al says mask debating yep hey I, I said i'm not afraid to talk about whatever if, if it's on your mind and this hey this is important to the scene, is it not? I mean, this is, uh, it needs to be talked about. So, uh, Richard says, good answer, sir. Um, <clears throat> John says, John Means says, we do covers, uh, but put our own spin on them and, or try to find a unique cover, a uh, unique version on most. I like that. I like that. Uh, I will say, I will go out on a limb here. Um, and I'm not saying this about your band. I'm just saying in general, I'm not a big fan of people covering covers of covers okay so um i'm not a fan of um bands i'll just pull something out of my ass i'm not a fan of watching a band cover the disturbed version of sound of silence i'm a fan of watching a cover band put their own spin on simon and garfunkel's version of the sound of silence the same as what disturbed did put their own spin on it i don't like watching a cover of a cover of a cover it's too inceptiony for me <laughs> um Brian says, great answer. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you agree. I don't want to, I'm not trying to make enemies. I'm not trying to make friends. I'm not, I'm not an ass kisser. If you ask me, I'll tell you. Um, sorry, Josh. I just, uh, the amount of comments and the audience interaction on tonight's show was truly unprecedented. <laughs> We've got a winner. <laughs> We've got a winner. Um, <clears throat> Daniel says, fair enough, stay safe out there. I agree. Daniel, please stay safe out there as well. Um, again, whatever, I don't care if you're like, man, everybody needs to be wearing a mask, um, or this is all crap. Do your best to stay safe. Um, the fact that <laughs> I'll try not to get too political. I really will, because I don't want it to go there. I want it to be, I want it to have to be directly related to music. So this is why I'll say this. I think it's ridiculous that in uh, 2020, grown-ass adults are having to be reminded by the fucking government to wash your hands. 
Just saying. Wash your hands. You should have been doing it anyway. Men are gross. <laughs> uh, okay. Richard says, Springfield needs a good uh, rank-ass raunch comedy band. I know some guys. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There is a market for it, sir. There is a market for it. All right. My final thoughts. Let's see here. Hmm, what are my final thoughts going to be today? We can go in a lot of directions. Hmm. To go COVID or not. Okay. Um, no. Okay. So seriously, we, um, where did that go? Right there. Um, the amount of comments and audience interaction on tonight's show was truly unprecedented. Yes, it was. Um, my final thoughts are this. I've already got, um, as of right now, I've got 51, uh, like, love, laugh, uh, um, mad, whatever. I've got different reactions. I love that. I love that you guys are, um, interacting and have asked as many questions and, and put in your, your opinions and thoughts on things as much as you have. It really and truly means so much to me. It, it's very humbling and it, it makes me feel that um, I'm doing the show for a purpose. Um, I'll be honest, it's very easy sometimes to feel like um, I put all this work into it and it's like, I hope people are getting out of it what I want them to. So tonight was a home run on that. I so appreciate it. Um, like I said, man, these are as... as... I didn't want that. Um... These are as, um, they feel as good to me, hopefully, as they do to you. Um, I know that you guys really enjoy, I mean, it shows right here in the comments uh, that you guys enjoy this format, um, enjoy kind of the, the interaction and the um, conversationalism-ness, if that's the word, um, of this uh, format, just the open forum kind of thing where we have some questions and discuss things. It means just as much to me as it does to you guys. So like I said earlier, I'm going to try and do that every like six to eight weeks and kind of keep this as a regular thing, um, just kind of as a check-in, you know, um, get an idea of where you guys are mentally, what's on your mind, why do I have the hiccups all of a sudden, um, and um, even if we talk about the actual, what we're doing here on the show, if, if you guys are like, man, I really love it when you play this game or God, this game sucks or man, you haven't talked about this genre or this subject or this year. Um, yeah, we um, we'll keep in touch on doing these um, talk and shop episodes. Um, Josh says that is not a word. Well, I, I guess I Nashville it then, didn't I, buddy? <laughs> so anyway, OK, well, we are going to go ahead and wrap things up for the night. I so, so appreciate this. Uh, when here's the thing I'm going to ask one more time. Um, if you haven't already, when you, when this ends, please share this, please tell somebody about it. Um, I really want to, um, work together with you guys and get this, uh, the show and this channel to grow. Um, as you can see, and this felt so fun tonight to have this many people involved. Let's, let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum going. So, uh, give it a like, give it a share, um, tell somebody about it. And, um, that's that. So. My final, final, final thoughts are remember that times are hard for everybody right now. Nobody has all the right answers. Nobody has all the, all the right questions even. Um, so just, you know, keep your uh, coffee strong. Keep your love of music strong. But keep your sense of humor even stronger. We'll see you next time.
Okay, but seriously, go check out my Patreon channel. Uh, consider becoming a member because it'll help. Thanks.